New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com. to this edition of the Don Tony Show for Friday, May 15th, 2020. I want to thank you always for tuning in. Thank you for the support. SmackDown just went off the air, and I tell you, man, it's been nuts tonight. I didn't even get a chance to get out of my uh, barbecue clothes. Went to a barbecue tonight, hung out with friends, wore a mask, kept some distance, didn't stop us from giving each other some hugs and hanging out and talking. Um, you know, not letting this COVID shit consume my life anymore. Uh, things have gotten a lot better. When you hear these freaks out there saying, oh, we're going to just go back to what it was two, three months ago. No, that's not the case. And you could see all the politics that's going around. Every red state that has little surges here and there. Oh, let's rip DeSantis. And I'm not a fan of DeSantis, but let's rip Florida. Let's rip here. Let's rip there. But when it comes to Cuomo, you know, it's okay. The thousands of people that probably didn't need to die in nursing homes. And what's even more messed up about it, and I invite anybody out there, whether you live in the United States or you live in a different country, go look today at the areas of where Cuomo allowed them to go to step one of reopening. And the most amazing thing about it, and I should have took the picture to show everybody tonight, but I didn't plan on opening up talking about this. But you know, when you look at the area that they allowed to reopen, it's like the middle of New York State. And then there's nothing to the right and nothing to the left. And the most amazing thing about it is in between those areas, there's some small towns that have no COVID cases whatsoever. You know what this scumbag did? This scumbag made it that if you want to go from Long Island or Queens, New York, and take a drive upstate to go out to a restaurant or something, or if you're in Pennsylvania and you want to go maybe somewhere in New York to go get something to eat, that you can't stop off anywhere. You either have to drive five fucking hours or you don't drive at all. When you see little tiny spots 
that are not open right now, that have no COVID cases whatsoever, this is all political shit. It is power grabs, ain't having it no more. I'm careful, I clean my hands, I have Lysol, hand sanitizer, I wear masks, but the days of letting this shit keep me down, no, 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 no. Rose Bear, I absolutely will talk about what Cornette said. I have it on the queue, ready to go. Maybe we could even open up with that. Hey, um, we're going to talk about SmackDown today. We'll talk uh, a little bit of AEW get into the ratings. We'll also talk about a little bit more with Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. And, um, you know, I, Carmelo, God bless you, my friend. You heard those rapid tests are not 100% accurate. Tell me what in this country, in this world, tests are 100% accurate. You know, uh, birth control tests could go wrong. COVID tests could go wrong. Flu tests could go wrong. AIDS tests could go wrong. There is nothing, nothing that is 100% definite in anything. If you are careful and you take precautions, the chances of you getting this are extremely, extremely tiny. Yeah, Jim Cornette. Yeah, he put his foot in his mouth again. See, when I talk about people on social media, Usually, it's like if you just leave them alone, and they usually end up putting their feet in their mouth. You know, you know, Cornette's on a roll. He's ripping this person. He's ripping AEW. He's ripping Joey Janela. He's ripping Otis. He's ripping this. And you see goofs, they get in their comfort zone. They get in their comfort zone. Oh, Cornette, Cornette, Cornette. And then Cornette opens up his fucking mouth about Becky Lynch and insert foot. And you know, I would have no problem with a lot of these fakes out there, but I'll give you a perfect example. Brody Lee, the ratings came in from AEW and NXT this week. You know, my predictions weren't as spot on as the week before, but this week, I predicted that AEW would score 677,000 and NXT would score 639. Did not feel as strong as last week. And it felt that both feds uh, took a little bit of a step back. Didn't feel like the momentum was, was ridden. AEW backwards in some of the feuds. As I said on Wednesday, I would have liked to have seen the street fight that took place last week happen this week. And the tag team in-ring match that happened this week happened last week. This way you have the tag match, then the street fight, in the back of the building, and then, oh, in less than two weeks, double or nothing. Think about it, double or nothing. You have the street fight that you did last week, this week, and any outcome from it, next week, Jericho issues the stadium stampede. Double or nothing. Backwards, man. It's not that hard to think of stuff like that. Things are backwards. But wrestling definitely was not as exciting this week as the week before. And I predicted 677 for AEW. The actual was 654. NXT, I predicted 639. The actual was 604. Neither one of those numbers are anything to write home about. But the funny thing about it is Brody Lee debuts in the middle of the pandemic, has not performed in front of a live crowd yet for AEW. AEW has the tape. 
Then they have to go on replay. Then they do live one week and this is that. They don't know if some people are going to show up or not. They're trying to work around it. So is NXT. And then people, you know, because Brody Lee, the ratings are kind of Shangada. And they're like, oh, you know, he's terrible. He sucks. And they're going to make him go against Moxley. And look at Moxley. He can't generate ratings either. This and that. And I look at that and I say to myself, for those people out there, that do that, why don't you criticize Keith Lee to them? Why don't you criticize Adam Cole to them? Why don't you criticize Killer Cross? His debut last week was so unbelievable. The fucking rating went down this week. Nobody knew that he wasn't going to wrestle. I mean, if you're going to rip certain people, you know, it, it's, it's amazing. People that people don't like, they'll rip. But the people they do like, they don't rip. Why? Gotta get tweet fucked or try. You know, it's kind of like that nerd that always hits on the same girl for four years of high school, freshman year, sophomore, junior, senior year. And every time he tries to hit on her, she just ignores him, ignores him, ignores him. But he keeps trying anyway. Hopefully one day, you know, it maybe is like a Mandy Otis situation. And she's like, ah, you know what? Why not? You know, you have steak all the time. Sometimes you want White Castle. You know, sometimes you want to settle for it's yes, it's selective outrage. And the Cornette thing is a perfect example of that. You know, way back when I used to be a lot more vicious and a lot more careless in my critiques of people. I mean, I remember when Breakfast with Blasie was first started like 10, 12 years ago. And Cornette was really out there with his comments. I remember one of my intros was like, when Jim Cornette's wife dies, I want to have her brain sent to science because who in their right mind would marry someone like Jim Cornette? That was part of my intro for like 12 years ago, whatever it was, you know? Then I realized, you know, that's a little bit too over the top. That's a little outrageous. But I mean, you know, come on. You know, you're going to tweet fuck and just rip people and rip people. But meanwhile, the people that you cherish are doing even worse ratings. I mean, come on, man. Are you serious? And the Cornette thing is just absolutely ridiculous. Now, let me set up the thing with Cornette. You remember on Monday's show that I was on, we talked about Seth Rollins. And a lot of fans on Monday were a little bit annoyed at Seth Rollins not being part of the Becky celebration. And if you might remember Monday, and if you didn't tune in Monday, I'm not going to paint anyone by playing the clip. But basically what I said on Monday is, is that when Raw starts at 8 o'clock and it ends at 11 o'clock, there are some wrestlers that you need to stay in character. You need to build that suspension of disbelief. I mean, you look at a perfect example, Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler, I watched that network special. I'm a fan of Shayna Baszler. I've been a fan of Shayna Baszler. People could go back to last year, and I was saying that Shayna Baszler was my favorite female on the NXT roster. All right? Sure. She's not charismatic. Sure. She may not mesh well with some people on the main roster because she is more of the NXT performer and some people on the main roster, Raw and SmackDown, are the entertainer. There is a difference between the performer and the entertainer. 
So Shayna Baszler, like I said a couple of months ago, she ran into the big red wall. You know, she's trying to push herself as this monster, you know, and WWE thinks, oh, let's have a bite Becky's neck. Okay, you bite her in the neck. What does Becky do right after that? She hijacks a vehicle. She's got to drive to the to the hospital herself. You know, you got the goof nurse, you know, the, or the doctor slapping the side of the ambulance like, go ahead, it's good, go ahead, you're good. You know, commandeer, you know, hijack, carjack an ambulance. So you just stole all of Shayna Baszler's thunder. That's not Becky's fault. That's how WWE wanted it. So Shayna ran into the big red wall, all right? But now, you know, you see this network special and you see little signs of why, you know, you kind of actually could connect to Shayna Baszler. But you see Monday, how dare she say that about pregnancy? The comment she said about Becky, what she said to Natty, that she did the Brock Lesnar. That Shayna Baszler was the equivalent of Brock Lesnar saying, I don't give a shit about your kids. Shayna Baszler comes off right now as the ultimate bitch. Can't even be happy for his... Same thing with Seth Rollins that I said on Monday. From 8 to 11, Seth Rollins will be the character they're trying to build. And after hours, you will see Seth Rollins write something on social media. You will see him do an interview. And Seth Rollins will be whatever is real was it Kobe Lopez he is going to be real in outside of the, the the time frame and you know a lot of people like no 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 he can't do that blah, blah, blah. well I don't know if you all saw this but Seth Rollins on social media I think it was yesterday put this up and it's an absolutely wonderful picture of Becky Lynch with the pregnancy test in her hand and Seth Rollins says, and I quote, I took this a few moments after we got the best news of our lives. And I don't think could have ca captured anything more beautiful. I can't put into words how much it means to me. Thank you all for your support over the last couple of days. December cannot come soon enough. That is why on Monday, I'm not softening up. I'm not becoming PC. But... You know, wrestling, it's a form of entertainment. And for some reason, there's a lot of losers online that think that they're part of the form of entertainment. You know, Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch just got pregnant. That is the, the gift of life. That is beautiful. All right. You have morons out there trying to guess, oh, WWE knew at Money in the Bank that Becky was already pregnant, or WWE knew, or Oscar didn't know, and it's a, they're just trying to guess. They're trying to fill in the blanks instead of just sitting the fuck back and saying, you know what? Congratulations to both of you. You got morons out there. Oh, Becky Lynch lost to the small package. Or, you know, Seth Rollins, joke here, joke there. Stand up. It's just, 
there are so many people out there that, you know, okay, Becky Lynch is pregnant. Seth Rollins is going to be a dad. They're going to be proud parents. Everybody's talking about it. So I got to make one, two, three, one, two, three, five jokes, stupid comments, making fun of the Becky Lynch. And I trying to sound like the count from Sesame Street, but I sound like I'm Jewish. Give me a filter fish. You know, joke, 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 joke. Stand-up fucking comedians. You know, when they apply for pandemic unemployment, when they ask, what did you do before? What do you say? I was a comedian. So what happens? They gotta be part of that goofiness. Where you can't just sometimes take a step back and say, you know what? God bless both of you. And that's why most of the morons online that do that shit either A, have no children, or B, have no relationship. Because honestly, if I had a partner, man or or woman, next to me, and I wrote some of the stuff that people thought was fucking hilarious out there, that person would turn around on me and just, what the hell's wrong with you? What are you, stupid? How old are you? And the funny thing about it is, you know, I always say misery loves company, and this leads to Cornette. Misery loves company. And, um, ooh, that kind of hurt. I don't know if I, you heard that through the thing, but but you look at these wannabe comedians, and I was noticing this yesterday and today. Somebody brought it to my attention. I was looking, you know, just on Twitter and just doing random search about Becky and even tonight with what Cornette had to say. And I'm looking at some of these wannabe comedians. And the funny thing is, is that some of them that get a big response from people, I click and I look at profile, 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 of all the people that like this stuff or do it too. I, if you want to be entertained, seriously, go on some of these profiles. When you see these dumb ass remarks being posted where they can't even be serious for a second, but they'll do the bipolar tweet a couple of days later, you know, just rip, 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 rip. Then, oh, you know, let's let's be serious for a minute. Let's wish them nothing for that. When you look on their pages and you see the people that are liking it, just look at the profiles. 90% plus have no photos, fake photos, logos, wrestler photos. They don't even show their faces. You could actually see the intelligence of what is being followed on some people's pages by just looking at the responses. Look at the profiles. So Cornette, today, Cornette put a lot of people in, in a little bit of a bind. Oh, Jonathan Flores says that I'm a bully. I'm not saying you can't joke at all. I'm not saying that Becky Lynch leaving. You know what? JD from New York got a lot of heat for this today. And I actually agree with him in, in a lot of ways. Becky leaving, whether permanently or, you know, for, for the next year or two, which I personally think she'll be back in the ring sometime down the line, even if it's a novelty WrestleMania match. But Becky stepping away puts clarity in the women's division. You look at her championship reign, 399 days. Before we even knew that she got pregnant, what did I bring up on the shows over the last month? You go back to November, you could count how many times on Raw in a singles match with one hand. Was she injured? No. WWE, for the last six months of her reign, was smoke and mirrors. 
And the ratings are down, they're down, they're down. You figure, you know, let's pull out all the stops. You know, let's get, you needed more people to get held hostage in Saudi Arabia, Iran. You needed tragedy, shit, snowstorms, being snowed in. Because when they're pushed against the wall, that seems when they're at their best. So you think, they, you know, the stock goes down $50 a share. You think, you know what? We really got to pull out all, all, all of this, you know, all the stops. We really, and they did the opposite. They did the opposite, you know, and Becky leaving right now will give some people an opportunity or WWE will do like what they did tonight. They fall back. This is tonight with the women on SmackDown, the Dana Brooke beating Naomi stuff. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are now thinking, oh, Dana Brooke might be Bailey's next opponent. Yeah. What the fuck does that mean? Does that Dana Brooke deserves a shot? Why? I mean, why? Because everybody deserves a chance. Tonight, with Charlotte and Sasha and Becky, even though I like the segment, I really like the segment. Because they hit a little lull. I don't know if people realize that. They hit a little lull. Because the ultimate story, the ultimate destination is Sasha Banks versus Bailey. And the, the stop, and you might remember I said this, and it's nothing against Tamina, but you might remember when I said Tamina is like the rest stop. You know, you're driving into the country. You're going to go, you know, away for the weekend. Get a cabin, fishing, and halfway there... You know, I got to pee. Yeah, like, you know what? Let's stop off. Let's take a leak, buy some donuts, get gas, stretch our legs. Then we get back in the car and we continue our destination. Tamina was the rest stop. Tamina was the pit stop. Everybody stretched their legs and now it's back on that destination. But if you look at it, the dissension between Sasha and Bailey doesn't really seem to be there. You get little moments here and there. Lacey Evans causes some, you know, a, a faux pas between Sasha and Ben. There's no consistency. Enter Charlotte. Charlotte, wise ass, great on the mic, you know, could really provoke a fight between the, you know, the two happiest people on the, on the earth. You and your significant other could be in the most wonderful relationship right now. And you bring Charlotte in your house, something tells me that Charlotte will just say a couple of words on the mic. And then before you know it, your significant other's like, what the hell's wrong with you? And you're like, I didn't do nothing. She's just provoking stuff. So that's, that's what worked today with Charlotte. Charlotte just put, Charlotte just put that ultimate feud back on the path. WWE's idea, obviously, but. If you also look at it, it's like the New Day being tag champs or the Usos fighting the New Day. We're right back where we were before, the four horsewomen, minus one, but that is their comfort zone. And that's where we have to wonder. You know, Asuka is the women's champion on Raw. Where does this go? Is Asuka now the big baby face that doesn't speak much of English? But, you know, look, I've been saying for months, she's the MVP of the empty arena for WWE. Charlotte today, wise ass, but Sasha Banks and Bayley kind of felt like they were the heels in this. Is Charlotte now suddenly, 
you know, like old Ric Flair. Ric Flair used to be a heel. And in fact, in fact, I'm kind of revealing my age right now, but, um, you know, I got to see if something works. Oh, you know what? Nobody, nobody did anything super chat yet. So that's why. Oh, I'm just curious to see if this thing works in the background. I try tweaked around with it a little bit. And we'll definitely do some Q&A in a little bit. And I'll lead to Jim Cornette right now. As you can see, I'm going back and forth a little bit to try, just try to, like, hit two birds with one stone. But you see Charlotte right now is a little bit vintage Ric Flair. I remember as a kid, and I'm sure some of you out there have seen this, you know, older, if if you haven't, look it up, and you find that it's pretty cool to see. There were times back in the day in the 80s, wrestling magazines, they would have like these pullouts. And I know Pro Wrestling Illustrated still tries to do it, but you know now it's garbage because it's just typing. But what some of the magazines used to do is they used to do like a top five or a top 10, and it would show like the WWF champion. And then it'd show like the top five contenders. And they'd do the NWA and then do AWA. And then they would get to most popular. And usually the most popular was like Dusty Rhodes, Mil Mascaris, or a few others. And once in a while, you'd see Ric Flair on that list. But when it came to the most hated, you would also see Ric Flair on the list. So Ric Flair was one of those rare wrestlers where you could open a magazine, look at the top most hated and the top most fit, most loved, and he'd be on both lists. So what's up, Guardian Chaos? But uh, so that could be where they're going with Charlotte. But, um, you know, now with Becky being gone, and this is where I agree with JD, this gives a little bit of clarity that, you know, the man show, I know that used to be a TV show, the man show no longer suffocates in a lot of people's eyes the Raw Women's Championship. You know, Shayna Baszler, no, it wasn't Becky's fault. This is how WWE chose to go with it. Shayna Baszler had momentum, and she ran into the to the red wall, the redheaded wall on Raw. So now with Becky gone, now you don't have that cloud. And I'm not saying it is a negative thing. I'm saying that you don't have to worry. that You see like the tag team division on SmackDown? I have nothing against the New Day. But I think everybody will agree that for the last two, three years, just when you thought like the Usos and the New Day are going to go to separate ways, respect in the ring, respect, and then they go to separate ways, when a tag team division hits a lull, suddenly you saw the Usos and the New Day fighting each other again. The New Day, you know, yeah, they've had a lot of title reigns. You thought, okay, now WWE will put them aside and start giving other people a chance to not only win those belts, but keep them for a while. And they don't do much with the tag team division. It hits a lull. And then what happens? You know, they give it right back to the new day again. So, you know, that's what they do. That's in their comfort zone. So with Becky gone right now, do they finally do what they didn't do with the tag team division on SmackDown, and do they now start focusing on other women and building? Now they have no choice. It's Becky, you know, uh, she's she's gone. She's preparing for parenthood. You know, once she has her child, and you know she's taking care of the kid for a little while, then there'll be a decision if she comes back or not. Whatever her decision, absolutely respect it.
you know, as much as we're wrestling fans, you always got to put real life above it. And this leads to Jim Cornette. And thank you very much, my friend, Ghost Crusaders. Uh, everyone out there, if you're enjoying the show, I would really appreciate it if you could hit the like button because it does show up as a recommendation for other other uh, shows out there. Yeah, the, uh, who, who put this with the comedians hit the like button? Did you see that on Wednesday? Go, oh, Ghost Crusaders did that too. Wow. Um, I got to see if this new little feature in the background works later. I'll hit it later. But um, you did you see that Wednesday? You know, I triggered some people online. They, they know who they are. You know, it's not the personal. I don't hate anybody. You know, when people, you know, annoy me, I just say, okay, no problem. I don't know if you heard about this. 225 Don Tony. You know what that is? That is going to be the new phone number for call-ins. I said earlier this week, starting July, take calls on the solo shows. Before any controversy, the reason why calls likely will not take place on Mondays is because my second computer is used to take Kevin Castle's Discord audio and feed it into this show. So outside of the Monday show, I can now use that computer for the source of calls. So I have already got the number, 225 Don Tony. And I don't know, is it 225-366-8639, something like that. Anyway, uh, Shaheen Nuclear Heat is going to make some banners for me. Um, we might test it out next week. If not next week, the week after for sure. So calls are coming earlier. Not only that, um, I've had a lot of people asking me to maybe add some additional content. So I'm looking into possibly Daily Don, which means a show every single day on YouTube. Probably lean towards six a week. What that will do is it allow Monday to end a little shorter, Wednesday to end a little shorter, Friday end a little shorter. And I don't mean 45 minute shows, but it could spread out the time a lot better. And why am I doing that? Number one, because a lot of you out there want it. And number two, to those haters out there, the best revenge is success. But you had to see Wednesday, man. Before I even got to say any words, you know, dislike, hate, hate, hate. Even had to block a couple of people. You know, unfortunately, I have no moderators in this chat anymore. I had two or three people that offered to help, and then they disappeared. You know, so I don't mind doing it myself. At the end of the day, you got to go with who you trust the most, and that is yours truly. And and let's also be honest, you know, especially on a Friday night, you don't expect everybody to be home. So, uh, yeah, you know, and uh, so that's what we're looking forward to. Going to take calls by next week or the week after. Going to launch another show or two. I already talked to two other podcast hosts that do video that uh, are definitely interested in doing a show on here as well. I'm definitely looking forward to this. This channel is going to blow up into something huge. And um, yeah, it's going to be great. Going to do episodes that are just nothing but Q&A. You know, we'll do a lot of stuff. So now let's go to Cornette. And I really wanted this to set this up big because number one, like I said, I don't mind people cracking jokes. My God, Minga, look at the picture. Look at the picture 
that I'm using for tonight's show, the, the synopsis. Uh, look at this picture. I mean, that is a spoof of Married with Children when Al Bundy was with no ma'am, M-A-A-M, and Ryan Satin had made it. And, you know, the lettering was not all that great. You'd go on his original post. So I actually Photoshopped it, and I fixed it up, and I made the sign and the T-shirt look perfect. That's my artwork over there. But that's just a joke. So I'm not saying that people can't crack jokes. Absolutely. But there are people out there that take some really, really, you know, hard cheap shots. And because it, it falls flat, oh, let me throw another joke and another joke and another joke. And another joke. And most of those people that do that have no kids, have no significant others. Uh, it's, it's a shame because the gift of life, marriage, relationship, job, you know, anything positive, you, you almost feel like, you know, there's people out there that always try to shoot it down. They're bitterly jealous. So they hide it behind jokes. Oh, just kidding. Just kidding. Jim Cornette was not kidding. Jim Cornette was not joking. I heard everything that he said. Now, I have nothing against his host. I don't know this guy all that well. But when I listen to this guy closely, I don't know if he's intentionally trying to be controversial or stupid controversial. And I'll give you an example. You know, when they were talking about the Becky pregnancy, they talked about how Raw opened up and Becky had an announcement, this, this, and that. And he said that, the what's the guy's name? Brian Last. He actually sounds like a cool guy. I'm not trying to criticize him. He's not a schmuck or anything like that. But he, he does this a lot. I don't know if anybody's noticed it. Like, they talk, he brought up how the rumors Monday afternoon, there was a lot of different rumors, and one of them was that Becky was pregnant. And he, he, he says that, but then he adds, you know, uh, really don't, you know, we, we, don't, we don't know if it's actually this or it's actually, no, man, you know, like, you know, it's a fucking, that's the fact. But like, he was put about Oscar, oh, you know, we really don't know if they, I'm like, you know, there's no controversy there. You know, people speculated that she was pregnant. I, I had said in a lot of others, let's wait until we hear it out of the horse's mouth herself. But to try to throw that, well, you know, as far as we understand that this is this is 100% legit. You, know, you think the fucking pregnancy test result and the picture of Becky Holden positive is... So I don't know if people know that. So they're talking about what happened on Monday. Now, I don't know who typed this part up. I can't play a clip from his show because I don't want to take any chances of getting any flags on YouTube for copyright. You know, I, I understand you could take a couple of seconds here and a couple of seconds there. I, I have a little clip here of something else that I'll show you later when the time is right. But, you know, I don't want to take any chances, especially when I say that Jim Cornette could care less about me. Jim Cornette, you know, he is a legend. He's a Hall of Famer. I stuck up for him with the bucket of chicken stuff because I found five different sound bites of Jim Cornette saying that very same remark over the last 25 years. Joke is stupid in 2020. It fell fucking flat, but I still stuck up for him. But now, you know, because I, 
he doesn't care about me, and I'm not looking for a tweet fuck. I'll say Jim Cornette once again proved why this guy, although great manager, although great Hall of Famer, although entertaining on the podcast, um, you know, he's a fucking moron. In my opinion, he is an absolute moron. Very douchey to say this. And when talking about the Becky Lynch pregnancy, and this clip on YouTube is like 25 minutes long, but somebody took a, a typed up two paragraphs that pretty much summed it up. And Jim Cornette says, and I quote, you can't always be on top of the wrestling business in a million dollar a year spot or more, but you you can have a baby. What is she? Can she be 30? She's 33. Well, she's still, she's got many more years before the fucking easy bake oven gets shut off. She can have all those problems like a descended stomach and stretch marks and hemorrhoids and hormone problems and mood swings and all those other joys of motherhood later on when she ain't making a million dollars a year. She's got plenty of time left. What would you do if your wife came home and said, instead of making a million dollars a year, I'm going to basically be a ra raging bitch for the next nine months and then give you more shit to worry about? about around the house seriously i i i don't even want to read it again you could just rewind this and look at it for yourself that's not a joke that's not funny he is the david koresh he is the poster child he is the representative of every low-life anonymous insecure lonely goof on social media that likes to joke and insults and this, this and that. And they, they come off like, oh, like I'm the man. And then you look at their profile and they're so embarrassed of themselves. They can't even, there's a fucking logo. There's, there's a symbol, you know, there's, there's an old picture. There's no picture. There's nothing. And that's what you got. They're fucking, and the worst part about it is Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch, happiest day of their life. And this fucking guy, all he could care about is contracts, money. He, in the conversation I heard earlier, you know, Vince must be fuming and this, this and that. You know, it, it, you, some people try way too hard to be controversial. And Jim Cornette, obviously, because he's a Hall of Famer and he's a great manager and he's done so much to entertain us over the years in wrestling, that doesn't give you, you know, carte blanche to just be the absolute dickhead asshole. Seriously. The thing that's hilarious about it is he despises Trump. And I respect that. Mick Foley can't stand Trump. I fucking love the guy. I have a lot of friends that are tuning in right now that absolutely despise the man. All right. But we, we respect each other. And you would think that if you're going to say so much outrageous stuff about Trump and others, that you would kind of come across as maybe a more intelligent person, somebody with half a brain, and talking about hormones, and she's got many years left before the oven is closed. You know, there's no fucking excuse for that. 
You know, the guy might be funny telling a vintage wrestling story. He might be funny on dark side of the ring. He might be revealing. He might tell some great stories and he's a wealth of knowledge. But at the end of the day, when you see things like this, it just shows you, you know, I almost think back to 12, 13 years ago when Jim Cornette's wife dies, I hope they donate her brain to science because I don't know who the fuck in their right mind would marry somebody nuts like that because it it, it can't be, it cannot be that this guy, um, you know, just does it on the podcast and it's just character and this and that, you know, it's just totally disrespectful Again, I think Becky Lynch leaving gives an opportunity for some other women as long as WWE does not, you know, fall into that comfort zone with the three horse women. But Jim Cornette, you know, look, everybody out there has says some outrageously stupid stuff. I do it. Everybody does it. You know, but when you go on and on and on and on, and this is like, it, it, there's just no explanation for it. There's just none. And I just thought, man, you know, it's so disappointing because this guy, when you try to get behind him and you think back of all the stuff he did that you enjoy, and then you get something like this, he can't stand Trump. He hates Trump supporters. I got news for you, my friend. You ain't fucking any better than anybody else you know he the guy just shows he's just you know i can't even explain it the, that is just an absolute dirtbag move and the funny thing about it is and this is this is this is the great part about it, and this is why i opened up bringing up the social media there were people out there are people out there that just love to gush about jim Cornette and will not have the balls to call this guy out, or they'll talk on both sides of their mouth and try to not necessarily justify it, but say, well, you know, when you think this, or or anybody that criticizes Cornette is a white knight. I expect white knight to return over and over and over. I got news for you. I don't think anybody right now that is livid at that remark is a white knight. I'm not a white knight for Becky Lynch. I, I'm i a fan of hers, and she, I've said repeatedly, was the most popular woman on the, the women's roster. But just because you think those comments are absolutely disgusting and you call out Cornette for it, you know, that doesn't make you a white knight. White knights have a resume. You know, when you apply for a job and they say you need a minimum 10 years experience and blah, 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 when you send your resume and you have to have 10 years, it shows all of the things. White knights aren't based on one reaction of what one person says. It builds over time. It builds over time. And you could see, you could see people out there. My new favorite word, stands. My new favorite word. Oh, Brandon. Brand- oh, Brandon Foley. What's up, my friend? Shout out to you, my brother. Uh, you know, f- we have the, the Patreon, patreon.com slash Don Tony. And for some reason, I think I accidentally closed my list over here. And that's, that's all right. That's okay. I closed my list, but I could pull it right back up. 
Uh, let's see. Yeah, yeah, Brendan Foley, man. Um, Brendan, is that really your last name? Papa John. Oh, that sounds like pizza. Seriously, I want the pizza tonight. I went to a barbecue with my friends. Had some nice steak and hot dogs and hamburgers. But uh, that's that's not, and I'm saying that with a compliment, man. That sounds tasty, man. I'm gonna have some Papa Johnos tomorrow. Papa Johnos, come star, uh, Vinica. So shout out to you, my friend. And uh, okay, uh, Ghost Crusader says if I if I need a mod, um, I need more mods so I can remove trolls in the chat. I got news for you, Ghost. I do monitor the chat while I do the show. If you see trolls out there, um, definitely let me know, and you know I will rid of them. I mean, all I got to do is just hit a couple of buttons. It's just that I try to keep the flow of the show going. It's not easy to monitor, you know, the the record, the stream, the quality, the chat, the news, the notes, you know, everything. But uh, yeah, if you see um, trolls, let me know, and um, I'll get rid of them. Absolutely, man. I got news for you. You know, maybe one or two of you, you could be my moderators. Seriously. I trust some of you out there, you know, and if you do anything foolish, then I remove your ass, you know. Speaking of removing, didn't really want to segue it this way. But look, at the end of the day with the Cornette stuff, you know, look, everybody has a right to their opinion. And again, I don't mind lighthearted jokes about Becky and Seth Rollins. It's just some people out there are just absolutely heinous about it that, you know, are ecstatic that she is gone and make him really, because they don't like Seth Rollins, will just say so, you know, and it just really just reveals the insecurities of some people out there. There's one way the joke, and there's some people out there that just totally don't even get it. They don't get it. And not everybody was a Becky Lynch fan, obviously. We've uh, discussed that many times in the past. But for this guy to come out there and, you know, you just think about all the compliments that everybody gave. And I have a feeling that a lot of you out there, when all these comments were coming out, everybody wishing him nothing but the best, You, I think a lot of you out there probably said to yourself, okay, um, Cornette's got, probably going to come out with something insanely stupid. And there's a couple of people that fall into that category. It just, no, man, it's just, he's just totally shallow, stupid. I understand old school and not liking some of AEW's con content and some of the wrestlers there, and he gets into feuds with some people, and he does make points, but this, there's no defending that. That is just, just garbage asshole material. You know, two people love each other, wanted to become parents. They go out there and say this is the greatest moment of their life. And all you could think about is contracts and money. And you know, they just, no, seriously, the guy's just, I just, I, I am a loss for words. I don't understand people that are that well-respected and well-liked that could come out with such douchey, dumb, ignorant, shallow, just moronic stuff. And the funny thing about it is, I Googled his wife earlier today. 
because I wanted to make sure he was still married. And I was wondering if he had any children either. Because like I said, on social media, most of the comedians have no significant other and no children. I wanted to see what Cornette had. I looked at his wife, I guess he's married twice. And I said to myself, I, lo I looked at his wife and I said, you know, it amazes me that people have not tried to go there towards him about his wife for various reasons, you know, but I will not go there, you know, because I don't know anything about her. But I'll say this, I guarantee you, if all of us started taking shots at his wife really, really hard, he'd probably want to punch each one of us in the mouth. So if it's not cool for people to do that to his significant other, I don't think it's cool for him to do that to Becky and Seth Rollins as well. So um, John Lane, I sound obsessed? No. I wanted to talk about it because it's the number one fucking thing to talk about today. Do you want me to talk about Otis for 20 minutes? Oh, yeah! Obsessed? I could give a flying fuck about Cornette. I care about me. I care about my family. I care about everybody that's tuning in. I have no obsession. Why would I be obsessed with Jim Cornette? Why? There's no reason. You just you don't like that I got into this topic for 10 minutes or whatever it is, so... You know, there's not much to talk about, my friend. Seriously, if you look at the last 48 hours, we already brought up the AEW rating. We already brought up a couple of other topics. SmackDown going to get up, get involved in, in a moment. But, you know, the number one female in wrestling, I'm not saying talent-wise. To me, Oscar is the number one female. Oh, no, actually, Charlotte's the number one female because of the mic skills as well. Charlotte's number one. Oscar's number two. I've been saying that for a couple of years now. But as far as money, attention, notoriety, you know, just expansion into entertainment, you know, Becky Lynch leaving and possibly leaving for good or coming back not for a couple of years, I think that is probably the biggest story to talk about this week. So... That's why I bring it up, man. That's why I bring it up. So um, I only have a small pocket of time to make $2 million a year. I got news for you, my brother. Um, there are some wrestlers out there that are very content having a condominium to live in, that have one car to live in. All right. I understand that people want to have nest eggs, and you don't know what's in the bank for Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. You know, I'm old school. I always believed because of me being Italian and my way my parents were, my grandparents and a lot of my relatives, we always believed in, you know, the guy works and the wife stays home, takes care of the kids and work. And sure, things have changed. My fiance works. But the thing is, is that you make it sound like that now they have no income coming in whatsoever. You know, there's a lot of royalties. There's other, you know, merchandise revenue. Seth Rollins still works. So it's not like, okay, all the faucet is closed and there's no money coming in now. I mean, look at some other wrestlers. I don't want to name any names. Do you remember a wrestler getting released and then getting engaged, like, almost immediately after? And people are like, the fuck could you get engaged? You just lost your job. 
But you don't know what's in the fucking bank. You don't know what's on the horizon. You don't know what other people are doing. So it's not straight up just, oh, well, look at the money she was making. If you're going to use that point, look at wrestlers over the years that were being paid awfully well in WWE. Look at the revival. Look at a Gallows and Anderson, all right? There were points over the last two years that they were not re-signing with WWE. And you see the kind of money that the Revival was getting or what they were offered? Did you see that interview that the Revival did recently that what WWE offered them and, and they pretty much wanted to turn it down? Honestly, no joke. On the surface, I've been saying this for years. I like the Revival. They're talented. They're entertaining. I'll always appreciate, you know, what, you know, what they've done. But they have no history of selling out five, 10,000 seat buildings. Them versus the Young Bucks might be a fantasy match between the tag teams and maybe some diehard fans. But, you know, in my opinion, one team that does all crazy flips and this and that and one team that does everything ground game, I don't see where that's going to turn into an unbelievable classic. You know, the revival, to me, in this day and age, too bland, too bland. You, They don't, in my opinion, deserve the kind of money that they were offered. Tell me what is so unbelievable that they should be, be offered the money that they were offered. They're talented, but they're a compliment. You go to a restaurant and you buy a steak dinner that comes with a baked potato, vegetable, soup, salad, dessert, soda, wine, you tell me where the revival is in that meal. The revival might be the baked potato, or they might be part of the dessert. You know, you order dessert, but they will always bring you out also maybe like a little bit of fruit for free, like a couple of slices of cantaloupe, a couple of strawberries. That's what the revival is. Revival has no history of being a steak dinner. So how in your right mind, not saying you, but how a team like that, that has never been the main course, turns down that kind of money because they're unhappy. You use that logic. If anything, they're the ones that are absolutely out of their mind. You know, it's not just about money. So, you know, just people are hypocritical, man. I totally respect other people's views, whether it's wrestlers, but let's be a little bit fair here. You know, you're going to rip Brody Lee and say that he sucks and he's generating no ratings in AEW. Then you turn around to those people and say, oh, what about Keith Lee? What about Adam Cole? What about Undisputed Era? What about Finn Balor right now? What about Killer Cross? What about all these others that are doing even worse ratings? And when they sit there, oh, you can't compare to do, you know? So, anyway. I agree, Brian. If you're not happy on the job, leave. But you're an entertainer, and the years are flying by, and you have the opportunity and you feel that it's the right time that you want to start a family, you know, I'm sorry, man. You know, that that comes first. Real life comes first over any job. So, I agree, man. Darren, why do people compare NXT and AEW so much? Well, they're on the same night, you know, and they're feuding. You know, even though you don't want to think that they're feuding, they're feuding. It, it's, it's a pride factor and an ego factor. 
Every wrestler in NXT wants to beat AEW in the ratings. They take that as an insult. You know, I mean, think about it. You're on the NXT roster, and you're putting on an absolutely phenomenal performance, and you go look at the ratings the next day, and you're like, well, how come nobody wants to tune into this stuff? So people just want things to talk about as well online. You know, they'll force the the feud. Then when the feud doesn't go their way, that's when they say, well, there's not really a feud going on. We're wrestling fans, and we should root for everybody. So anyway, uh, let's get into some other things. So Leo Rush. I don't know if you guys saw this. You might remember this not too long ago. When Leo Rush... Um, you know, was finally getting some momentum in uh, the cruiserweight division. Mark Henry, several months ago, was talking about Leo Rush, and Leo Rush, he was trying to give him some advice. Leo Rush was complaining that he didn't have, uh, you know, money in his pocket as Mark Henry. So I think he was, Mark Henry was being more like, you know, figure of speech than anything else. But Leo Rush, you know, basically... You know, felt that he should have made more money. And when Mark Henry went on his podcast and was talking about how, you know, if you don't have money to pay for hotel or pay for transportation, that maybe you have to budget your finances a little bit more. And this got into a little bit of a back and forth. And I know some people tried to bring the race card into this, even though they're both black but, um, yeah, Mystery Man, yeah, it's similar to the Kamala. You know, when you got money in your pocket, that whole thing with Dawn Marie that time, Dawn Marie, no good. That was, that was sad. That was sad to see that. But apparently, over the last couple of days, this heat between Leo Rush and Mark Henry has rekindled a little bit. And to the point where Leo Rush basically said to Mark Henry, let me go on your podcast. Let's talk about this. And, you know, Mark Henry's like, oh, you could push your album too. And just a lot of back and forth. And it led tonight to Leo Rush posting a tweet saying something like, I don't think, you know, may, I might not ever come back to wrestling. And, you know, look, Leo Rush is getting a lot of, friction from fans out there, you know, because when you make a, 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 a comment like, oh, I may not ever go back to wrestling, it could be interpreted like, all right, people do that sometimes because they want a whole bunch of people to gush over them. No, 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 you're much better than that. And Shad Gaspard, I have a hell of a lot of respect for. And he basically was given a lot of compliments to Leo Rush. And, you know, he'll get through this. He is extremely talented, but more importantly, everything that Leo Rush has built up in his career, he's done it because of hard work and determination, not because he got favors, not because he's black, not because he uh, blackmailed anybody out there. He did it from hard work. And... You know, you get into these lulls in your life where you're not happy about a lot of things. And, you know, in my opinion, because a lot of people wanted me to bring this up today, you know, my thoughts on it. And again, most of what I say here is opinion shows. The Cornette thing, so I guarantee you some people will agree with Cornette. 
Leo Rush, some people will take his side. Some people will say Leo Rush is just looking to, you know, get tweet fucked or whatever it is. Personally, Leo Rush was one of the wrestlers, and I think a lot of you will agree on this. Leo Rush was one of the wrestlers that when April 15th went down and WWE let go so many, he was probably one or two on my list of people that surprised me the most. Because you look at Leo Rush back when he was with Lashley. Lashley! Lashley! And you remember all the bullshit that was surrounding Leo Rush in the locker room and his wife there and this, this, and that. And and then you saw him win. And I invite anybody out there, go back to the night he won the Cruiserweight title and listen to what I said opening up that show. It felt like the culmination, the pinnacle of all of the hard work that Leo Rush put in to turn his life and his career around. I was so freaking happy for the guy. So he was one that you felt had momentum. And for some reason, WWE still let the guy go. So in my opinion, I don't think Mark Henry should be bringing this out in the open. You know, Mark Henry is a locker room leader. Mark Henry truly looks out for everybody. But, you know, after several months ago, bringing that up on on his podcast and then bringing it up again and then going back and forth, you know, I don't think that dirty laundry needs to be out there Entertain, entertaining or not, on a podcast. And Leo Rush right now, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Thunder or blunder. I, I honestly, I'm looking and I do not see, oh, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I definitely have it here. I will definitely pull it up. Let's. Uh, I, I didn't forget about anybody, but I was just in the middle of the Leo Rush. But uh, yeah, no, no, no. Look, I said this earlier, Thunder on Twitter. You know, Johnny Ace stories, I never worked for Johnny Ace. I never wrestled for Johnny Ace. So as far as backstage stories, you know, there's not much for me to tell. But I'll bring up a couple of things a little bit later, towards the end of the show. But back to Leo Rush, you know, I don't think his tweet saying that he may never come back to wrestling, I don't think that was just to get attention. You know, social media in many ways is extremely toxic. You know I always bring it up. Look at Michael Elgin. Michael Elgin, I just last week or the week before was praising him for that interview he did with Josh Matthews and Impact, why he can't be there. And apparently he's going through a lot of dumb shit on social media as well. And, you know, Mike Elgin is basically saying, like, there's a, you know, a lot of social media that just doesn't make wrestling fun. And again, that's because there's so many people out there that have to try to be the entertainers themselves, that they got to put themselves in the same sentence. And not only that, this was something I, I posted earlier today. You know, I was in my office today, and around 1 o'clock... I was going to leave to go get McDonald's, get some hamburgers. You know, I, I I can have hamburger, you know, I can't have bun or ketchup or anything. I was going to get some McDonald's, you know, and I walk out of my office 
And when I walk out of my office, there's a clothing store right there, and I'm friends with the owner. And as I'm walking by, I see two cops walking the other way. Originally, I thought they were going to the ravioli store to get lunch. And I see them walk into the clothing store. And there was a couple of people outside, and I didn't know what was going on. So I was just, like, hanging around my truck just to see, you know, what's up and everything. Because remember, clothing stores are not supposed to be open. And um, I see a commotion. So I walk back over to see what's going on. And I hear, you know, the owner crying that the only reason why she was open was because she, over the last week, was home sewing masks. And she's not working right now. She's got rent that's late, bills that are late. She's a single parent with one kid. And she went there today just to sell masks. Somebody called the cops on her. And she's like, you know, please, I can't afford a fine. I did All I was trying to do was sell masks. You know, if I'll, I'll, sh I'll close, I'll lock the door. And you know what the cop did? I swear to fucking God, cop bought a mask. He said, oh, this looks nice. I'll take a mask, but you got to go home. So I posted it on social media. I thought that, you know, because look, there's a lot of asshole cops out there. No doubt. No doubt. There's a lot of asshole cops. There's a lot of good cops as well. And this was a case where an NYPD officer, you know, went to tell someone, you got to close your, your, your store. You're not allowed to do anything today. And she's crying, begging for no fine. And he bought a fucking mask. Do you know, um, I posted that and it got almost no attention. And I said, this is exactly what I mean about social media. If I would have posted the opposite, if I would have said that the cop fined her, closed the stuff down, they got into a confrontation, the, the, the cop arrested her and this and that, you would have had hundreds of people on social media saying, oh my God, she's just trying to get some money for her kid and bills and this, this and that. But because the story ended positive with the officer actually buying a mask, like everybody stays away from it. And that's pretty much what happens with Elgin and others. It's like, if you have some a good story or something good about yourself, an announcement, some positive story, there are so many people online that are bitter, that hate it because their lives are not so spectacular right now. And I get it. You know, it's it's a it's a rough ride for for everybody out there. But when you see misery loves company and things that might, you know, just cut. And, and the funny thing is you've, if you post an animal video, oh, found this stray dog, would not even come close to me. I put my hand next to it. Ah! But I, I, I gradually put my hand and, and I, oh, look, look, he's letting me, see, I'm not bad. I'm not bad. Oh, let me put this saucer of milk. And everybody fucking gushes. Oh, that's the most wonderful thing in the world. And you wonder why Elgin and Leo Rush and others fucking, they're brought down. It just puts people in such a sour mood and it sucks. It absolutely sucks, man. It's not even hard times. And by the way, I said this earlier too. If she opens again next week to sell more masks... I'm going to stream, I'm going to take my phone out, I'm going to connect live on Twitter, 
I'm going to show everybody the masks, and I'll probably buy like 10 or 20 of them. And if you guys want to buy it, I won't mark it up any price because she's got like a sign there. If any of you want to buy the mask and the money will go directly to her. But um, Guardian, I talked about the Road Warriors dark side of the ring on Wednesday. I got into it. I thought it was fine. Didn't learn much at all. You know, I it, it's the Vice series is something definitely worth watching. But people just gushing beyond belief over it, you know, I, I don't get that. And next week, they're going to do the Owen Hart one, which I honestly don't think I'm going to tune into. Because I kind of mentioned this Wednesday, and then I saw the Martha Hart interview that was done. Might have even been with Jericho. I don't know who she did, it, but I was reading some of the transcript online. And she was basically on one side of her mouth, she was saying that, you know... Um, you know, I, I, I've forgiven everybody and, you know, just the, the way that people like, you know, like put me in this situation or the way people treated and this, this and that, like I've totally forgiven everyone and, you know, I'm not upset anymore. And then on the opposite side of her mouth, she's talking about how, you know, to this day, you know, I still don't toy these people and this, but that's all right. Like, it's just, it's going to give people tears next week. It is a tragedy, and you're going to see people talking about all the ribs that Owen did. Owen Hart, you know, I don't know him personally, but he is one of the most beloved. You see over the years, somebody dies, but when they were alive and you were a wrestling fan during their career, you never ever thought they were getting the world championship. But then they die and as the years go by, oh, blah, 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 blah. He was destined to be world champion. You know, you get people pass away as the years go by. Oh, he was so loved. In it. And there's some people that fall in that category. Eddie Guerrero, Owen Hart, and others. You know, but you'll have people tell these stories next week that will put a tear to your eye. It will put a tear to their eyes. But I also feel that there's going to be a lot of haterade being drunk next week. Um, you know, there's always going to be that debate if the show would have went on or not. You know, Owen Hart, afraid of heights. The fuck was he doing up there in the first place? You know, nothing is going to change history. Nothing is going to give anybody any more closure. Everybody misses the guy. Everybody cried that time. It's one of those... You remember where you were, what you were doing, what you were wearing moments. And it's it's terrible because people will point the fingers, and you know what's going to happen next week. Next week, it'll be rehashed. And let's also be honest here. I'm not trying to stir some shit up. But brawl for it all? Oh, bash Vince McMahon. Will you look at that? It's followed by Jimmy Snooker. And what happened with Snooker? Bash Vince McMahon. And, you know, so, so people don't think this is a uh, Vince's evil thing. You know, we'll just throw Herb Abrams mixed in as well. And then it's, oh, could you believe Vince fucking made Road Warrior Hawk do the drunk thing? Evil motherfucker. Now it's culminated with Owen Hart. Seriously. You know, a lot of what you see... A lot of people know, 
but it also feels that some people, you know, are trying to change a little bit of the the views. Because remember, there were a lot of people that were sued over the Owen Hart tragedy from the harness company and everything. And we will never know. We will never know what caused what. People thought he slipped. People thought the harness broke. People thought this. People thought that. You will never know the answer. But I guarantee you, next week, you will see people tweeting all night long on how they know the answer. They're convinced, blame this person, blame this person, blame this person. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with coming up with another documentary. I always use the John Gotti example. I've seen 15 John Gotti documentaries. And the reason why I always keep watching them when they come out is I want to see if any additional footage comes out. I see the fireworks on 101st Avenue. It brings back memories, you know, when I had the opportunity at time to go to the fish club and all that. So, and I try to see if any familiar faces pop up in the videos. But, you know, I know that, you know, this is what happened and that's it. But the last documentary, it's on Amazon Prime right now. I talked about it Wednesday. You go halfway through it, and then all of a sudden, oh, you know, John Gotti, oh, he was just more about publicity, this and that, and they tried to make him come off looking like a goof. So you understand, okay, this is the ultimate intention. I think that's what's going to happen next week with Vince McMahon. You're going to see so much Vince McMahon bashing next week, or they'll try to blame it on other people as well. And sometimes, you know, it's the dark side of the ring, but, you know... Some topics, you want to be left with a smile on your face. You don't want, you know, you don't want to be left with, you know, being teased. Oh, we're telling wonderful stories about when Owen ribbed, and oh, that's funny, that's hilarious. Oh, you teary-eyed, you miss him, and everything. Man, it's the you know, I can't believe what happened to him. And then when you are at that emotional you know, down of, you know, my God, he was taken from us way too soon. And then, bam, stuff with Vince. It's kind of like this. I joked about this on social media. You know, when I went to video, you know, if, if this could describe how some people have treated me since I've gone to video and what I did in response, I think this clip from AEW is probably the best example of it, all right? That is social media. Orange Cassidy is social media. And this is how I handled it. Bam! That's how I handled those, those goofs. The ones that had nothing but shit to say out of nowhere. Fuck you! But that's pretty much what's going to happen next week. They're going to do the ribs. You're going to have all his emotional thoughts about Owen. And then all of a sudden, boom! Fuck Vince McMahon, that motherfucker. That's what you're going to get. They toy with your emotions. And, you know, I don't mind... Some of these documentaries, but some of them, you know, now I don't like some of the ulterior motives. So I love that clip. That was the clip I was talking about on Wednesday. That kick that Ray Phoenix gave Orange Cassidy, awesome, man. Sometimes you nail camera. And by the way, did you see that segment with Penelope Ford and Britt Baker and Statlander in the... Did you see that garbage? It is... When I said Wednesday that that was a hot mess, you know, keep in mind, I'm watching NXT at the same time. I'm putting my notes together to do Wednesday Night Dynamite. 
So I don't get the luxury of repeating things and watching it over and over again. But if you really want to see something, look at this segment where Britt Baker nails a move on, I think it was Statlander. And then what was supposed to happen is Penelope Ford was supposed to pull Britt Baker back. And then Britt Baker was supposed to turn around and Penelope Ford was supposed to do the springboard over the off of the rope into like a, a, a diamond cutter on Britt Baker. And you look at it, Britt Baker looks like a worm when you cut it in pieces while it's still alive. You know, and this was not Britt Baker's fault. Britt Baker is like squirming because she expects Penelope Ford to grab her legs and pull her back so Britt Baker is distracted. Then Penelope Ford does her move. Again, this is why I say to everybody out there, you know, I, there's nothing wrong with appreciating the beauty of certain people, male and female. But when you have goofs out there that don't think with their this head, but think with that head, you know, Penelope Ford is not ready for prime time. She is almost to the level of awful. She has a little spurts here and there. She should have spurts. She's an AE goddamn W. Just like Dana Brooke, she should have some spurts in the ring. She's in W fucking WE. She's not in fucking Tom's, you know, ribs and, and wrestling in, in Beaumont, Texas. You know, th these are the professional promotions. They have to have some value in the ring. But that is god awful, man. Horrendous. Go watch that. Horrendous, awful. You know, think with this head sometimes, not just with that head. She's god-awful. So, anyway. Um, so, what else do we want to talk about tonight? We didn't even talk about SmackDown yet. You know, I guess we could talk a little bit about SmackDown. Um, we had SmackDown open up with... You might remember a couple of months ago when I said when Morrison first debuted... When he first came back to the WWE, when he was in Miz's, the locker room with Miz, and I said, I could see where this can go. Miz and Morrison winning the tag titles, and then the cutting edge, uh, not the cutting edge, um, the, the Miz's segments, Miz TV, and they would just trash Otis and Tucker, make fun of their weight. And this would could lead to Miz and Morrison defending the titles against Otis and Tucker at WrestleMania. Obviously, this was before COVID because that was around January, February, around that time. Um, then we had the Valentine's thing with Dolph Ziggler. Then we were kind of hoping that Tucker would turn on Otis and he would be the one behind the scenes. And by the way, you know, this truth be told stuff, honestly, everybody... I don't know how you feel about this, but they did this segment again today. I am sick of these segments. Does anybody realize it has been three months that this shit is happening? The truth be told, it's been going on for three goddamn months. The funny thing about it is when we first got that interruption on the screen, you saw Ali's symbol the round symbol with the lights. So I remember February 14th, that came up 
And we're like, oh, that's Ali's symbol. All right. Why would another wrestler use his symbol? You think of a wrestler out there that has a specific logo. All right. All right. Outdated. Outdated. But let's say uh, DDP's diamond cutter. Now, if all of a sudden you see the truth be told and all you see is diamond cutter over and over again, you know, why would someone else use that unless they were going to set up Diamond Dallas Page? So you have Ali's logo three months ago. They have dragged this out so long that people are now are like, oh, you know, with the, with the hoodie, maybe it's CM Punk. Or, you know... It could be, you know, you know, maybe maybe it's this person, or 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 maybe it's this. Well, no, he's too small. It's gone on for so long. I think people are so bored with it that they're trying to come up with something that is not predictable. You saw Ali's logo three months ago. You have seen the same logo over and over and over and over and over again. Why would you think now that it's anybody else? Seriously, that's how boring it's become. And you think in storyline purposes, Ali's active on social media. I mean, if Ali in storyline was not part of this, don't you think common sense in storyline, Ali would be on social media talking about why is my symbol in these segments, I, again, people aren't going to go into their into business for themselves as entertainment company. But, you know, let's not treat us like we're five years old or in some type of hospital somewhere, brain dead. It's fucking Ali's logo. It's not like a variation of it where it's triangles instead of circles or it's a square. It's his fucking logo. And it's gone on for so long that people now are like, you know... CM Punk, truth be told, he shoots, he shoots, he he's pipe bomb, you know? So whoever this is might reveal the truth. Pipe bomb, might be CM Punk, might be this, might be that, it might be uh, 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 Shorty G. Please, WWE, stop with these freaking segments. It's boring, it's old, you know, it's like, the boy who cried wolf, the fucking, the, the wrestler who cried wolf. You keep fucking crying wolf for 12 weeks. The truth will be told. The truth will be told. The truth will be told. Let's do it once for every week it's been out there. The truth will be told. 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 You know, you, 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 after a while, you're like, yeah, yeah, let me guess. The truth will be told. The segments suck. I got welcomed today with Baron Corbin in an opening match, Dana Brooke in a match, and once again, the truth will be told, the truth will be told, the truth will be told, the truth will be told. That's what you give me for the first hour today? And Otis needing a tag partner because Miz and Morrison, that segment fell flat. That segment, they're trying to play off all oh, sympathy, you know, Tucky, Otis, Tucky, he's got a belly. He's walking around, the, the jiggling, baby. Come on, baby. You know, instead of tits, it's his stomach. The jiggling, baby. You know, showing pictures. Was his mom holding a beer? There's nothing wrong with beer, but it looked like his mom was holding a beer. Like, you see what this fucking little kid's doing? He's making me drink. 
showing pictures, making fun of Otis. The truth will be told. I mean, it fell so flat because Otis, he's got this charisma and he's got this natural lovingness to him. But the segments were so forced. And it ends up with, you know, you go find a partner. No, no, no. You go find a partner. Now all of a sudden everybody hates Otis. They hate Otis. He can't find a partner. Can't find nobody. You know? Goof goes up to Seamus. Yeah, I'll be your partner. This It just, it was, I didn't like it at all. Honestly, I just, the first hour of SmackDown today was, no, no wonder why the ratings absolutely suck. We got 16 minutes of Baron Corbin versus Elias. And by the way, before we go any further, we definitely need to talk about this. Absolutely need to talk about this. Um, this, the Intercontinental Tournament to crown a new champion. Why did this happen? You know, it surprises me. And sometimes it disappoints me. When some people hear what I say, but they don't listen. How many times have I said for the last 32 days that I think John is Sami Zayn. Now, I took back <laughs> Anthony Diaz. Yeah, we'll get back to Otis. I'll get into what you said. But, um, you know, it was 31 days ago that a wrestler hiding under the name John went to the Florida government and said, shut WWE down. Keep in mind that this is the same time of their releases. Shut WWE down, that they're not taking precautions, that it is an unsafe working environment, and that people are being threatened with their jobs if they don't show up. Now, I'm not defending WWE, but I'll say the same thing that I said then, that I say here now. When you have an entertainment company and you cannot perform in front of live fans, which is where your money comes from, and you are a company that is driven by fans, and you are forced to be in a limited structure, in an area, limited schedule, can't tour the United States, and you have two, 300 wrestlers, 100 wrestlers on your roster, and you want to stay afloat, and you have investors to answer to, and you got to show that you have to really manage money, there is no reason why you would keep that many wrestlers on your roster. It's not... Oh, look at Ring of Honor. Oh, they paid everybody. They're wonderful. They're wonderful. They're wonderful. And if they go out of the business because, you know, they did a nice thing, they paid everybody, but they could have gotten pandemic unemployment insurance anyway. They could have gotten $600 a week. Something tells me that a lot of those wrestlers would have gotten paid more if they got pandemic unemployment and how many of them double dipped. So you have that many people on your roster you have to downsize. My father's store. Can't let more than a couple of customers in the store. Got to keep distance. Why would you have eight people behind the deli? All right, I only have five right now. Can't have eight customers in at any one point. So I downsized the five. It's not, oh, he kept all eight people. Oh, I'm going to go buy cold cuts there. Oh, no, that's not how you manage money. Everybody out there that whine like that, yeah, I know PC, and it hits the emotion part beautifully. But in business, 
Unfortunately, that's not how it works. And that's why every goof out there that said that, you look at their profiles, and I don't even think they would work doing paper routes. I don't know what half of them do. You know, so anyway, you have this anonymous person on April 14th telling Florida to shut down WWE. Imagine if Florida that week would have shut down WWE. Something tells me more people probably would have been let go because there's no shows. Where are we going to go? Georgia? Georgia? So you get the releases. You look at who's not around. And just by process of elimination, you look at the men and you look at the women. And I honestly don't think a woman would have disguised herself as a man, except for maybe one. And she was there. Uh, but you do process of elimination. And you say to yourself, okay, you think Kevin Owens would do something like that? You think his personality, that he would, you know, go anonymous and want the company shut down? And you go through the, the list and you're left with one person. And I apologized for my over-the-top rant on Sami Zayn. I took that very personal because I see with my own eyes, all right, I talked about it Wednesday. Somebody blew their brains out two blocks from my house. And they had a, a beautiful ceremony in the middle of the block paying tribute to the guy. He lost everything. He lost his job, was a, was about to lose his, his house three months behind. You know, guy lived beyond his means, but he was left with nothing. No pandemic, credit cards, max. Guy blew his brains out, all right? Not everybody goes to that extent, but there's a lot of people hurting. And people in some states wanting to get back to work is not being shallow and not being careless that you're going to kill grandma. You know, that's just bullshit. That's over the top. But when you look at, oh, Anthony Diaz, you said Kyrie Sane is done with WWE. It Was that, look, Anthony, was that reported by a reliable source or a statement from WWE? Or is this some goof online saying that you know i don't like doing that i know there's some other podcasters out there that their sources is reading twitter i don't i don't go that route so you gotta give me a little bit more and and if that's the case that is a freaking shame man that is a shame and i was afraid that was gonna happen but you go back to Sami Zayn. he is the name that i keep st stopping on April 14th. Then all of a sudden, at that time, we didn't know anything about Sami Zayn wanting to stay home. There are the wrestlers that wanted to stay home for various reasons. They're home. But Sami Zayn is a champion. And the thing that people need to understand, and I'm not necessarily defending WWE with this right now, but I want to make a point. I, I understand, you know, Jordan Devlin, it's an interim championship tournament. So he's still the champion when he comes back to the States. Sami Zayn didn't get that same luxury where they could have, WWE could have gone that route and say, Sami Zayn right now cannot compete. And as a result, we're going to crown a, an interim intercontinental champion. And then when Sami Zayn could come back, he will get the opportunity to get his championship back and he has a match and it would have been interesting if it would have ended up being Nakamura winning it or a guy that's not even in the tournament which blows me away how do you not have Cesaro in this tournament 
Seriously. So, but we'll get to Cesaro in a minute. But talk about Sami Zayn. This John not just complains, but wants the company shut down. If that company would have been forced shut down, just think of how that could have affected the stock market. Think of if investors, and look, I'm I'm just... It's, some of this is boring, but I just tell it like it is. Think if investors started getting that that um, that feeling that WWE is not going to be able to even do shows right now because somebody tested positive. Remember, somebody tested positive, and it wasn't a performer in the ring. But imagine if they were to shut it down, and WWE was on hiatus. Definitely, people would have dumped their WWE stock, and they could have lost tons and tons of money could have left ended up with more releases so Sami Zayn comes back as the person and then you hear three four weeks later that the guy does not want to work refuses to come back so WWE decides look we got to take the title off of him and we're going to do a tournament that is why when I wrote on Twitter and I said, John414 says, I just reported your ass. That was a spoof on Austin 316. Remember Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. John414 says, I just reported your ass. All right. I, in my opinion, I am left with nobody but Sami Zayn as a person who on the surface does is the one that reported it. You go back and you look at the list of names that were not performing. I can't come up with anybody else. Now you see some reports that Sami Zayn may be gone, that he doesn't want to come back to WWE. I Now that is people guessing because, oh my God, WWE just stripped him of the title. Ooh, things don't look good. So I'll guess and say Sami Zayn may not want to come back. WWE may not want him back. That's speculation. My gut feeling would not surprise me if Sami Zayn ends up gone from WWE. I personally would not release him because if you release him, it pretty much you know, kind of validates some of what John said, if you don't show up, you can lose your job. And you know that there are reporters and there's websites and there's people that just want to tweet fuck that will take that sentence and blow it up onto posters and say, you see, John was right after all. Look at Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn is afraid to wrestle right now. There's no vaccine. Sami Zayn is petrified of getting sick. Sami Zayn does not want to take the chance of getting sick. And not only did he lose his IC championship over it, but he got released as well. So this almost feels like a chess game between WWE and Sami Zayn. Just common sense, if I'm WWE, under no circumstances do I release this guy. Because that just gives justification to John you do everything possible to force the guy out so if WWE does not want Sami Zayn in that company anymore because of this personally I think it's wrong it, whoever reported it to Florida I think is wrong also but 
If WWE wants to let go Sammy because of this, I also believe that's wrong. But if I was WWE and I don't want him around anymore, you start giving the person a hint. You start forcing him out. I'll take away his fucking title. I'll tell the fans that he cannot compete. Put all his negative, why can't you compete? You take the title away. You start ignoring him. You make the IC Championship sound so prestigious right now that you're having this big tournament that's going to go on for weeks and weeks. What happens if Sami Zayn comes back in a week or two? Do you think Sami Zayn's coming back in a couple of weeks during this tournament? Hell fucking no. If he comes back before the tournament's over, it makes no sense for him to be on television. So how does WWE get out of this? You put Sami Zayn in a situation where he quits. So then WWE could say, look, we didn't let him go. He quit. It's like when you want to break up with someone and the person doesn't get the hint. So you kind of start doing little things. Maybe you don't return the person's phone calls. You don't answer a text. You know, oh, yeah, I'll call you in an hour. And then you don't call at all. And that's your polite way of saying, look, I hope the person gets the message and they just leave me alone. That could be what WWE is doing right now. They're playing the person that just doesn't want to come out and say, I'm breaking up with you. I don't want you around no more. Get lost. You're fired. No, they're going to force him out. They're going to force him out. And if Sami Zayn quits, that's on Sami Zayn. Can't blame WWE for that. But you will get people online that'll be like, well, can you blame Sami Zayn for quitting? Look at what they did. They Look what they did with Jordan Devlin. They wouldn't show the same respect for Sami Zayn. Look, look. You, you would quit too. So that's what's going on. But i tell you what made me laugh today, though. What made me laugh is the level of complaining from fans because AJ Styles is in this tournament. Oh, look, look, they couldn't resist. They couldn't resist. You, you, you would think after Monday when we talked about, you know, the wild card rule is back. It's now the, you know, invite. It's not a wild card rule anymore. It's the invite. It's the invite. Now, they didn't focus on AJ Styles as an invite today. That was dedicated just to Charlotte. But the invite, oh, AJ Styles going for the one title that he's never had. So people today criticizing it. Oh, you see, lazy, lazy. AJ Styles, he's a raw wrestler. Why isn't Cesaro on that car? And I agree, Cesaro should be in this tournament. Now, I know what you're all going to say. Well, if Cesaro deserves to be in this tournament, who would you take out of this tournament? I would take fucking Corbin out. Not because I don't like him. He's going to fight on Raw against Drew McIntyre, I think, for the title. I don't think it's non-title. So why is Corbin in this tournament also? I would have put Cesaro in this tournament somehow. And I think Cesaro, my God, I mean, we just finished talking about how we hope that Cesaro, before his career is over, he gets the, you know, the heavyweight title at least once. But let's be honest, everybody. Look at this tournament. All right, Elias Corbin, 
you know, the storyline makes sense because of, you know, their history leading up to WrestleMania. But Jeff Hardy, Sheamus, to me, that's WWE blowing their load a little bit too soon. I don't know why they're having a match already in a tournament. But, hey, they did that fine. Daniel Bryan, Drew Gulak, hey, they get uh, great matches together. They wrestle great against each other. Then you got AJ Styles versus Nakamura. Motherfucking New Japan. How the hell could anybody that is a huge New Japan pro wrestling fan or Bullet Club or anything else, how can you complain about AJ Styles taking on Nakamura in this tournament? You mean to tell me that the return of the wild card rule is worse than AJ Styles taking on Nakamura. Now, do I expect this match to be, you know, some of their, you know, wars in the past? No. It's going to be a regular SmackDown match. But my God, it's not like they put AJ Styles up against some bullshit guy. That's a great match to have. But I will say, again, it, it baffles me especially right now when some people should be getting an opportunity. Um, hey, I'm curious if this thing works. Let's, I want to see if this thing works over here. Did that work? No, it didn't work. Ah, that sucks. I, try, I wanted to do a new feature on that thing over there, but that's not going to work, so that's all right. But, um, I mean, you're in the middle of a pandemic. You give Tamina a shot. I don't know what the fuck they're going to do with Dana Brooke. I'm getting a little bit tired of Austin Theory every single week. You know, he's good, but he ain't fucking must-see television. I don't care how sexy he looks to some people out there or how much of a talent he may be down the line. Oh, it ain't happening now. How the fuck do you not? Like, I want to hear that Cesaro, I don't want to hear him injured, but I want to hear a good excuse why Cesaro is not in this tournament. Seriously, if anybody that you would think you'd like to see possibly win this, it's probably Cesaro. Nothing against Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan has had a hell of a lot of history. Um, you know, go enjoy parenthood for a couple of extra weeks. You know, he elevates other people. But I don't think I want to see Daniel Bryan get the title again. I don't know if I want to see Elias win that belt right now. Jeff Hardy or Sheamus, I'm not interested in seeing either one of them champion right now. I would have been more intrigued if they would have had Cesaro take on Corbin or Cesaro take on Elias or Cesaro take on someone and then go to the next round and let it be Cesaro versus Nakamura. Oh my God, they're friends. How could they face each other? They could have made that the opening round. Cesaro versus Nakamura? Come on. I think a lot of people would have enjoyed that. So, you know, although I think this tournament is pretty solid, if you really look at it, I'm left with, how do you not put Cesaro in this thing? So that is the tournament for, you know, the Intercontinental Championship. And as I said already, it makes absolutely zero sense for Sami Zayn, even if they came out with a vaccine tomorrow and Sami Zayn was the first person to get it, it makes no sense 
for Sami Zayn to be put back on television in the middle of this tournament. They just took the belt away from him. You know, it, it's, it makes no sense. So when you realize that this tournament is going to go on for probably three or four weeks, you know, that means Sami Zayn is not going to be seen on TV for at least two months, two over two months. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens to Sami Zayn down the line. But um, getting back to, uh, to SmackDown, you know, we had the first two matches tonight. You know, again, Elias beating Corbin was fine for me. You know, Elias getting flipped out that Corbin breaks a, a $7 guitar, I just thought was a little bit ridiculous. I could see if it was that beautiful guitar that the guy used to always come around ringside with. Um, but in the end, Elias advances. Um, it would have been cool if Drew McIntyre would have showed up and cost Corbin to win since they're going to have their match on Raw, but they did, they chose not to do that. Um, match did not need to go 15 minutes, but you could see WWE, some matches, they add an extra five to seven minutes because of the pandemic. When you realize that by the end of hour one, we had two matches, Corbin Elias and Dana Brooke pinning Naomi in one and a half minutes. I don't know what they're going to do with Dana Brooke. I don't know if this is going to lead to possibly Naomi turning heel. Um, but I'm sorry, man. You know, if, if they are hell-bent on giving Dana Brooke a title shot, it's probably better to do it during the pandemic because I honestly truthfully believe this, and I don't mean to sound like an asshole. I honestly truthfully believe that Dana Brooke could lift her hands in the air all she wants. She could flex. She could show her tits. She could do anything she wants. That crowd reaction would be so dead when her music hits, I don't know if anybody remembers this, but I used to collect theme music. And I and for a little while, I had a radio station online called Tombstone Radio. Played wrestling theme music 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. If you want to see something really cool, go on Wayback Machine, type in my website, wrestling-news.com, and go back to like 2002, around that time, and just look at my tombstone radio you could actually click it and the player actually pops up the list of songs still pop up the rotation it you'll get you'll find it so cool if you never saw it but one thing back then there were some songs that were extremely rare to find in fact i think the one that people are still trying to find is the song with Tajiri and Mikey Whipwreck, Sinister Minister's song. You know, at the beginning when he laughs, <laughs> everybody was trying to find that song. And that song, I always remember when people used to post on Napster and other places, oh, I got the song, I got the song, it's 90 seconds long, and you'd play it. And what it was, it was, the lo it was live at the crowd, but somebody would try to cut out the crowd noise and it'd get all distorted and sound like shit. So we would get songs before they would get released. Evolution is another one. I still have the early versions of Evolution when it was just a guitar solo and nothing else. And you would get these songs and you would want like the best version, but it was never released. 
so people would get the versions live from the the crowd, but they tried to cut out crowd noise. Sometimes you would get a theme song. The wrestler was so not over with the fans. There'd be no reaction when he would come out. He or she would come out. So you somebody would record it and play it, and you'd be like, oh, my God, this is almost CD quality. But meanwhile, it was recorded live when the wrestler comes out. That's what Dana Brooks' theme would be right now. If that song was never released, and you're like, God, I got to have that song, you there would be so many opportunities that she would come out, and with the exception of the announcer announcing her, she would come to the ring, and it'd be so little crowd reaction that you would think that it was a, it was straight from a CD. That's what would happen. She'd get no reaction right now. I'm sorry. Nothing personal against her, but it feels forced. It's felt forced for a couple of years, and I don't know where this leads right now. I'm curious more to see what they do with Naomi than what they do with Dana Brooke. Um, next, we had the segment of Charlotte, Sasha, and Bailey, as we talked about before. Charlotte being the catalyst to stir the pot between Sasha and Bailey, right way to go. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with Charlotte, if they're going to keep her as a tweener or what. But this is starting to plant the seed in Sasha Banks' head that she's not anybody's lackey, and she is going to go at it with Bailey. It's just a matter of time. Um, yeah, no, Cassette, I agree with you. You know, everybody gets a trophy. I mean, you feel like everybody gets an opportunity sooner or later. And unfortunately, there are some people out there that should never get the opportunity. In baseball, and I don't like using sports analogies, but in baseball, there are some players that are minor league. Their whole career is minor league. They never get called up once because they never show that they actually could hold their own in the major leagues. And Dana Brooke, although she seems very nice and she's attractive, she's got, you know, a great physique, you know, there is nothing about her that exudes, you know, championship material. Um, Tamina, I thought they did a wonderful job, and Tamina is definitely responsible for a lot of it, for the hard work she did online to try to give a little bit of personality to herself. You know, Dana Brooke, and I'm sorry for saying this, it seems like, I don't know if you get this vibe too, but it seems like when she executes a move in the ring and it, it executes well, it's almost as if she's looking at herself in the third person and be like, oh shit, I just, I, I nailed it. And sometimes when she talks, and just look at the segment that she did with Carmella right around Money in the Bank, and she's talking, and I'm deliberately pausing right now. And she's making a sentence. And after she's done with it, you almost feel like she's saying to herself, holy shit, I completed the sentence. Oh my God. That's what it feels like with her. It's what it feels like with her. Like the simplest little things. Oh my God, look everybody. I successfully took a sip of my water. That's the aura that I get of Dana Brooke. She never turned me down on a date. Yes, I, I prefer brunettes over blondes. It's nothing personal, but there is nothing about her that warrants any match with Bailey. 
Just my opinion. But if you're going to do it, do it now. So at least you don't hurt her feelings that after all of this shit, the crowd still doesn't react to her. That's how I look at it. You know, right now, you know, and look, they'll, they, she's got fans. Every wrestler has some fans, no question. So she's got supporters online. And those supporters will always be vocal for Dana Brooke. But with an empty arena, she could be home right now and saying, man, I'm so over. You know, I'm so over. You know, I got it. I, it's my time. It's my opportunity. There's no crowd to show otherwise. There's no crowd to show otherwise. My time now. It's my time now. Ah, with that said, Drew Gulak versus Daniel Bryan. Great match. That match should have went 17 minutes. And Elias Corbin should have gone 12. But this was a great match. They gel great together. Once again, what I've been saying for a couple of months now, it feels like smoke and mirrors with Drew Gulak. Murphy, Buddy Murphy, you feel that if you put Murphy and Gulak side by side, you could tell that WWE has a little more value in Murphy than they do at Gulak. Because quite honestly, right now, Daniel Bryan should be the coach for Drew Gulak, not the opposite. Drew Gulak is the one that should have gotten some opportunities the last couple of months. Didn't they have that match that if Drew Gulak won, Daniel Bryan gets a shot at WrestleMania? The fuck is that? That's like me. You know, I go into a casino and I whip out $100 of my own money and I put it down and I say, all right, I'm going to bet on number 15. If I fucking hit, give it to that person over there. Are you stupid? You know, I put the money down. I won. It's my prize. They're doing the opposite. It feels like smoke and mirrors with Gulak. You know, why is Gulak not getting these opportunities? Did not get one at Mania. Did not get one in Money in the Bank. Did not get one today. I mean, seriously, what do, what are they doing with Gulak? It feels like smoke and mirrors. That's what it feels like to me. And I don't like it. Cesaro, Gulak, those are two guys that they could have tested the waters with. Cesaro is already proven, but Gulak, they could have tested the waters and see if he gets a little bit of buzz online, gets a little bit of people behind him. You think Daniel Bryan being the coach of Gulak, you know, I want to mentor you, I want you to bring you up, where, where let you feel the opportunity I have before. Instead, they got Daniel Bryan in the ring today cutting a promo about, you know, no, that should have been Gulak cutting that and Daniel Bryan saying, I want you to feel what I feel, have felt. I want you to experience what I experience. I teach you. This is ass backwards, in my opinion. Ass backwards. So it is what it is. Daniel Bryan advances. Oh, fucking. This is the Fox result. This is why New Day are the champs right now. This is why Strowman, you know, oh, Strowman did the fucking worm today. Uh, whatever they call it now. I mean, this is what it is. You're watching, you know, and they say, you're watching Fox. Blah, 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 blah. Are you ready? You're not watching WWE on Fox. You're watching Fox on WWE. 
because a lot of what's happening on WWE is influenced by Fox and the ratings and the interest. It's not the, uh, uh, it feels like the opposite. WWE should be such a great product that Fox should be privileged that WWE is on our network. It fucking feels like the opposite. Oh, Fox, thank you for the TV deal. Thank you for airing our stuff. Thank you for giving us all this publicity. Thank you for A-Rod coming and hanging out with us. Thank you for having the robot in the war room. Thank you. This is Fox on WWE. Yeah. Fox presents WWE. Well, no. Fox presents WWE. No shit. That's what it is. But this is not WWE on Fox. You see the Twitter? WWE on Fox? No. This is Fox on WWE. So, just my opinion. But... Before we talk about the main event, which really, you know, there wasn't much there, Sonya Deville cutting another promo with uh, Dolph Ziggler. You know, now it's a little bit off because Dolph Ziggler was showing so much concern for um, Mandy Rose that you, know, you would kind of feel that this would be a little bit awkward you know, being caught in a situation. But obviously, you know, they want to continue the, the love storyline with Mandy Rose and Otis. But Sonya Deville, Sonya Deville is nailing it right now. The problem is when you go back to live crowds, you don't get that kind of opportunity on the mic. You don't get silence where every little part of your voice it, penet it penetrates through the television. Cutting a promo in front of a live crowd is a lot different than cutting it in front of an empty arena. But Sonia Deville, what she does great that you don't ever see in wrestling. And I don't, um, Maximum, Robert Roode is in Canada. And from what I understand, he cannot travel from Canada to the States. I think that is the reason why he is not on television right now. And uh, shout out to, uh, man, I don't speak Japan, my friend. But, um, you know, the chat room you could see right now got uh, some friends all the way from Japan. And uh, it, I don't know what your name is. I, I don't speak uh, each, no, cassette, be nice, man. So whatever your name is, welcome. Much love, and I want to thank everybody for tuning in. You know, as you could see, and let's be honest, did a show Monday, did a show Wednesday. From Wednesday to today, it seemed like the biggest news going around was the ratings, AEW NXT, what Cornette said about Becky, Seth Rollins' beautiful tweet, and SmackDown. That's what it, it pretty much was for the last two days. So, you know, wanted to try to get, a little over, you know, around two hours or so in the show. And, um, you know, I think we did a pretty good job of it. Uh, I, I know some people might have felt that, you know, the Cornette stuff was a little bit long, but, you know, it was outrageous. But, uh, man, I don't I don't know his name, so. But anyway, um, so Sonia DeVille, what she does a little bit, I don't know if you caught it today, you probably have seen this in everyday life. Not all the time. You ever come across someone who gets really upset at something 
And as they're talking, they get so passionate about it that they start crying. Like they're not sad or anything like that, but they start crying. And Sonia Deville is working herself up in this promo that she is is becoming such a good actress with this that she's getting emotional as she's cutting a promo. When she was talking about Dana, uh, Dana Brooke, when she was talking about Mandy Rose earlier, I wonder if anybody out there thought for a minute that she was going to start crying. Some people get so worked up, they start crying a little bit. They start shedding tears, and they're not crying, but they get so emotional. So I don't know if anybody noticed that, but, um, you know, I thought that that was good, but I don't know how long this goes. You know, the, the storyline and the feud is doing good right now, but once we go back to, you know, full arenas or even with live crowds, you know, I don't know where this fits with her cutting these promos. But I, I enjoyed it. She did very well. Next week, we get Sonya Deville and Dolph Ziggler versus Mandy Rose and Otis. We all knew that that was coming. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens. But the main event today, you know, it was interesting. I don't think anybody out there thought that there was any chance of Otis cashing in that briefcase. I don't think there was any chance of even a tease of it. Even if they try to, there was no... Sometimes when someone wins the briefcase, you get in situations where you think there actually may be a cash-in and the crowd gets really excited. And then, you know, the you know WWE trolls and the person doesn't cash in or someone interferes before the person could cash in and they still have the briefcase. That's happened a couple of times. But um, there was no feeling tonight that there was going to be any cash-in or even a chance of it. So when SmackDown ended, I'm left asking myself, Braun Strowman teaming up with Otis, who was that supposed to help? Because even though they get the victory, you look at the match after and like, okay, they tried to give sympathy to Otis by having Miz and Morrison make fun of him. Show a couple of pictures, talk about his weight, how could somebody win that, you know, predictable stuff. But at the end of the night, teaming up with Braun Strowman, did that help Otis at all? Or did this feel more like, okay, Braun Strowman, it feels like his, this is completely fallen fucking flat. People are like, where the hell is Bray Wyatt? That's the guy we want to see. So maybe we can get a little bit of love Braun Strowman's way by having Otis rub off on Strowman and not the opposite. It almost felt like this main event tonight was not about Otis. It was about trying to get a little more popularity to Braun Strowman. I don't know if you felt that way, but it sure felt that way to me. And I don't think it worked, in my opinion. Um, not only that, uh, if you think about it too, you know, this goes back to what I said earlier about Sami Zayn. This call falls into place now. Now you understand a little bit more why I know some people out there are upset that WWE took the belt off of Sami Zayn. 
because a lot of people are looking at it like, you see, you see, John was right. He's the champion. He's uncomfortable performing right now. So instead of just respecting that, they're stripping him of the title. They're hurting Sami Zayn, and all Sami Zayn is doing is what WWE said is optional, and that is stay home. I get why people say that. Here's the problem with that argument. Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman, as the heavyweight champion on Fox, on SmackDown right now, is not working out well at all. I don't give a sh- You could show me all the softball videos that are on Twitter of him hitting balls that seem to never come down. Sorry, I don't fucking watch wrestling because he could hit a baseball. I don't watch wrestling because he could go hunting. I watch wrestling because it's supposed to entertain me on television. Braun Strowman is their main champion on SmackDown. Braun Strowman is not working out as champion. So we need that other title to be more prevalent. And the other championship is home right now. We have to do something about it. If Braun Strowman was not champion right now and Roman Reigns was or Bray Wyatt was, something tells me Sami Zayn would still be the champion. Because, hell, they went long periods. Brock Lesnar didn't have to defend it. They went long periods when some other people didn't defend their title. Wasn't there a time period where Nakamura didn't do shit with the belt? So you look at it, you can't have Braun Strowman as champion, I know some people disagree with me because we don't know the answer. It's just opinion. But you look at Braun Strowman as the main champion on SmackDown, and you see how flat it's fallen. And he didn't do himself any favors with his dumb shit that he said online. So the other belt is home. You got to do something. They need a, a, a one singles champion on SmackDown. Why do you think Charlotte kind of was on there today? Was this to set up NXT at all? No. Charlotte was there to put a person on TV that is a champion, a singles champion, and it they could also hit two birds with one stone. Show Charlotte. She's in the arena. She's in the building. They're in Florida. So we use her. We get a body with a champion on television. Bailey's a champion as well, but Bailey is on TV week in and week out and week in and week out and week in and week out. And sorry, I see a lot of people on online for the last three, four weeks saying, you know, yeah, Bailey's run kind of sucks and this is an ad. When are they going to do this? So Bailey cannot run it all by herself. Thank you, Guardian, for the kind words. So that's the reason why, in my opinion. I honestly believe if someone else was champion on SmackDown right now, that any type of momentum with fans live or, or, or online, popularity, Roman Reigns, Bray Wyatt, for two examples I think of right away, um, I personally think that you know there's a good chance Sami Zayn would have been champion still. Um, all right, let's uh, talk couple of super chats then we'll talk a little little bit about aew and some some other things going on but uh want to give a shout out to anthony diaz cm punk yes cm punk was on backstage they had otis on and cm punk 
you know, was was pretty funny telling Otis to dump Mandy Rose. You know, it, you know, it's funny with CM Punk because CM Punk, you know, you remember, you know, that when he was on backstage, he was going to talk real and all this stuff, but he goes along with the storylines. And uh, CM Punk, he, it's interesting with him. You know, like sometimes I find him extremely entertaining. I like his appearances on backstage. And then there's some other times I'm just like, why are you here? You know, it just, it almost feels like they have commitment where he, ha they paid him money to appear 12 times in a year. And they're just filling those dates. That's what it feels like to me. But um, the rating was apparently the second highest rating since November. So good for them. Um, I'll tell you a little bit other news that, that went on. And, you know, it was a little disappointing. I think a lot of people already knew this. But Christian, and it pisses me off, man. It pisses me off. Not just how his career ended. But, man, look online tonight. And you'll see what I'm talking about. I get pissed off when I see wrestling news websites when talking about Christian and what he talked about with his career this last couple of days, they reference him as WWE personality. That's what they use on the title. These goofs, I can't tell you the level of disdain that I have for some of these goofs that have these wrestling news websites. They don't even understand how disrespectful that is guy is in one in one half of probably top 10 greatest tag teams that we have enjoyed in for this generation not putting him in a level of road warriors or anything like that but christian has had a, has had a hall of fame career the fuck you think i got this banner in the background simply because it looks nice that guy should have been in a wwe hall of fame already and they, they reference him as WWE personality. No. That fucking announcer guy, the interviewer guy that wears those ugly, goofy shorts and shows his scrawny legs that I think, who's that guy that, uh, wait, where's that guy been? Um, the guy that was the 24-7 champion for a little while. What What's his name? I'm drawing a blank. He was with... Um, Oh, my God. I'm drawing a blank. The guy with the very thin calves that look like they belong on Marco Stunt. Come on. He was that football player with uh, what's Mojo Rawley. Oh, man. Somebody. Come on. He's not a bad guy. Seriously. Nobody remembers his name. Not Riddick Moss. Thank you. Mortalica. Riddick Moss. Seriously. You know, look at. Where's that guy been? He just. Yeah. Pat McAfee. Seriously. That. If you call him a WWE personality, which I even think is way too complimentary. Don't, don't fucking say WWE personality to Christian. That's just totally disrespectful in my opinion. But Christian was on. By the way, if you see me rubbing my nose, it's because I feel a little bit chungata tonight. And I have my fan going because it was like 75 degrees here today. And it is kind of hot in here. And I, I'm in full outfit tonight. Because... Came home, SmackDown, did paperwork, came in here, prepared, show. Didn't even get to play my intro normally because we had to get right into it. But um, but Christian said his, he's done. And I know some of you are going to be like, no shit, Sherlock. No, 
like a lot of people are still saying like, oh, he's going to be in the corner of Edge. He's going to come back for one match with Edge. He could do something. And Christian's like, no, that ship has sailed. He's done. And it sucks that Christian's career ended the way it did. Because a lot of us thought several years ago that he could have possibly returned, even for one final match. They could have done Gaga with him and someone else, and I think people would have been fine with it. So, yeah, no, Xavier, that poster behind me stays on the wall until Christian goes in the Hall of Fame, or if I stop doing shows. So, and I don't think I'm stopping yet. Thanks to all of you out there and some haters. But um, the guy should have been in the Hall of Fame already. If they know now especially there is no chance he's ever returning to the ring. Now, never say never 100%, but you saw what he said this week. You pretty much felt like, you know, we said that about Shawn Michaels for years and years and years. Look what happened, you know. Maybe we'll get lucky in the crown prince, you know, when things get back to normal, you know, like, Edge, Christian, Christian, Edge, we want Christian. Maybe not Christian, you know, so to speak, but uh, can can we call him, what's what's Christian's real, you know, I'm I'm joking. So it's supposed to be a dumb religious joke, just spur the moment, but um, Christian should be in the Hall of Fame already. But Devon... Devon kind of like confused some people yesterday and today. You know, Devon, if I remember correctly, retired several years ago. I remember the articles where he was now going to be an agent and he enjoyed his run. He had that last match, I think, at House of Glory. Wasn't it the Dudleys versus Santana and Ortiz versus the Hardys versus another team? Um, I might have actually even wrote down the team. Uh, did I write down the team? Please let me see that I wrote down the team because I, I thought it was definitely, yeah, I did write down the team. It was private, oh, private party. Private party versus Hardys versus Santana and Ortiz versus Bully Ray and Devon. So um, he confused some people because he said that, uh, you know, his career is done. And he was talking about he'd never get back in the ring and this is and that. And, um, oh, I just realized that I left this super chat up here for a while. Um, I mean, we should bring these up. Sammy could come back under the hood as a WWE snitch. No, no, I don't see that happening. It wouldn't make sense. Why? You have Ali's logo. Why wouldn't Ali be pissed off? That's mine. That's my logo. It's me. It's me. You know, my whole outfit. I paid a lot of money for this round light up, lit up shit. Oh, God. I didn't even tell you. Speaking of lit up shit, wait till Monday. Not trying to troll anybody here. I'll probably end up wearing it on Sunday for breakfast soup on Patreon. Mission, I will be back Sunday for breakfast soup for Patreon. But, um,. You know, I, some people uh, give me ideas for things for the show and uh, give me ideas of cool items. They gave me ideas for the popping stuff, the balloons. 
and somebody is sending me as a gift, apparently a hat, because I like to wear the black hats, a hat that I can actually program with my phone and the hat actually will scroll like my name or match results or so I'm actually going to have, you know, somebody wants to send me like the whole Naomi outfit, you know, the whole glow in the dark thing. And there's actually a way like based on the super chat where I could hook these up to outlets and based on the super chat, all the lights go off and all the glow stuff goes on. But honestly, everybody, you know, I'm here to have fun and, you know, if everybody enjoys it, you know, obviously it just makes me very happy, but I don't want to make an ass out of myself. I, I, I mean, I know we poke fun and, you know, we, we do some hysterical things, all of us, but you know, I think it gets to a point where people probably just say, like, this guy's a goof. I, I, thou shall not goof. I do goof once in a while. But, Anthony, I don't even know why you're asking me this, man. If I was into the same sex, fuck, marry, kill. Austin Theory, Cesaro, Sami Zayn. Hey, he asked it. I don't mind. Like I say, you guys could ask me anything. Nothing is out of bounds. I don't get offended by it. You always could approach me. If you think I suck, at least tell me why I suck. You know, don't give me this, oh, you suck. Well, why do I suck? Because you're an asshole. Well, am I, why am I an asshole? Because you suck. If I was attracted to the same sex and I had to fuck, marry, or kill, yeah, I know some of you out there, you find this a little bit over the top. They do it with... Heterosexual men do this with women on social media all the time. But I will tell you, unfortunately, I would have to kill Sami Zayn. I just, you know, I, even this stuff that happened, I just, I don't know. I just don't think I could have him around, seriously. Even if he wore the, the mask, you know, like I just, I, I no, I couldn't. Um, if I had to marry one of them, I'd probably marry Cesaro. Because Cesaro looks like, you know, he he just seems like a, everybody likes the guy. He comes off very respectful. He looks responsible. He looks like that if he invited you in your in his house, even to just like, you know, have a cup of coffee. You know, it's cold outside. Come in and have a cup of coffee. Nothing more, nothing less. You feel like you'd go inside his house and it would be clean as a whistle you know, he has to have like, you know, so I think Cesaro, Austin Theory, Austin Theory's still young, man. Austin Theory would be one of those guys that you probably, somebody would pick up in a club. So I can't believe I'm answering that, but hey, I answer it. Uh, the Mount Rushmore of goofs for wrestling journalists. Top three Beastie Boy songs, if I have any. Which job would I rather have? Train conductor, traffic agent, electrician, or 9-11 dispatcher? Well, we'll run through these fast for Dalvin Brown. Mount Rushmore for goofs for wrestling journalists. Um, I would put Mike Johnson on there, absolutely. Brad Shepard would be on there for sure. Um, uh, I can't remember the other two guys, but they write, one of them writes for Ringside News. You know what? Ringside News sucks so bad. Ringside News, they can they can have one spot all for themselves. Seriously. Um, <laughs> that's a super chat of the night. I don't mind. I don't mind. But, you know, I would say Ringside News would be up there. 
I would go with uh, Brad Shepard, Mike Johnson. And you know what? I'll take the cheap way out like Cody did and Arn Anderson did and others. When they were asked Mount Rushmore of people, they're like, oh, we'll save the fourth spot for somebody in the future. So that's what I'll do about the fourth spot. As far as Beastie Boy songs, you give me any of the old school rap stuff, Brass Monkey and shit like that. I was fed up with Fight for Your Right because I went to parties at that time and I heard that fucking song every party. You'd hear that, you hear Lottie Dottie, you know, the show, Dougie Fresh. So any old school Beastie Boys... I would definitely, I, 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 I did, I honestly don't think there's a Beastie Boys song I, I don't like. Uh, when they started getting a little bit more hardcore, I kind of fell out of love with them. I haven't seen that documentary yet, by the way, on Apple TV. I think I'm going to watch it over the weekend. And by the way, don't forget, this Sunday, Undertaker Part 2 of the five-part series is going to be on. And this one, they're going to focus on the hip surgery and a few other things. Um... Very interested to see the love that he shows for Roman Reigns. Apparently, there's a lot of it. And I say that complimentary. And did you see Ric Flair did an interview over the weekend? And somebody asked him, like, if you if you could have one more match, who would it be? And he chose Roman Reigns. I don't know. I, I mean, God bless that guy. You know, he's... He's got a lot of appreciation from his peers. I don't know. I don't know. And as far as which job, train conductor, traffic agent, electrician, or 9-11 dispatcher, I, w- I probably would not want to be a 9-11 dispatcher. I could just imagine Brad Shepard calling up, you know, somebody's breaking into my house. I, I probably would say, could you stream it live? Seriously, could you put it on Twitter? I, I'm online right now. Could you show me, please? I don't believe you. You know, can, can I can I write breaking news? You're about to get killed in a home invasion? Fuck that guy. Um, electrician, I'd be afraid of getting electrocuted. I don't like climbing telephone poles. Traffic agent, I don't I don't know. I could just see nice piece of ass walking by and I'd be like, and then I cause a car accident. So I go train conductor. I go with a train conductor. So yeah, I kind of read into these questions a little bit too much but why not you all enjoy it any chance of me talking to vince russo or disco inferno sure why not um i absolutely would love to do something with vince russo even if it's just a one-shot deal i subscribe to his patron i subscribe to the brand i've been a subscriber to the brand for years still am i'm one of those rare guys like i say repeatedly i'm one of those rare guys that likes Meltzer and Vince Russo, and Ryan Satin, which surprises people. Uh, Brad Shepard has a wife and his kid. Ah, okay. Well, you know what? Maybe they run out of the house. You know, I don't know if the kid's old enough to run, but they could do a home invasion, leave the door open, let them run out of the house. You know, I, I, you know, I could picture, I could picture that house, something happening, and Brad Shepard, his wife, and his kid, could like the door is always like a bad horror film. I could picture the door open, 
clear exit for the door that they could run away and they'll be fine. And I could picture him saying, no, no, I got to tweet everybody first. I got to, I got to, I could just pitch it. I got going back so he could post it on social media, FaceTime it or something. And then he gets hacked. It, they got to do that in a horror film one day. Seriously. I want somebody to fucking like Jason breaks into the house and the guy, oh man, I got to live stream this. And then he gets fucking hacked on Twitter live. I think I'd get a kick out of that. So, um, AEW. All right. The pay-per-view is, what, next Saturday? Saturday after? Yeah, next Saturday. They're charging 50 bucks for this. I have to see it. I got to cover it. I don't know if it's worth $50. I understand all the major names are on it. Mike Tyson's going to be on it as well. But $50, $60 to me is a little bit steep right now. I personally think that if they would have offered this for like 35 bucks, I think they would get a hell of a lot more people to tune in. Because you got to understand something. And look, you know I'm, one, I'm a big supporter of AEW. I do criticize them when, where necessary. But let's be honest. I understand the stadium, Stampede Stadium, sounds like fun. But last week, we had such an entertaining street fight. They advertised Santana and Ortiz versus Omega and Matt Hardy for this week. We did not expect the match to be kind of, you know, blah as much as it was. Vanguard won, rest in peace. But my point is, even with the momentum from the week before, the rating went down. So you think of approximately, I don't know, maybe 5 7%, maybe 10% of your viewers buy pay-per-views. And 10% is probably on the high end. And you're talking about regular storylines being built up all across the United States. You're talking about live crowds. You're talking about no restrictions. You're talking about a whole different animal. And even with that, remember the last pay-per-view, they have a release what the buy rate was. If that buy rate, and my prediction was somewhere between 75 and 100,000, and I leaned towards 75,000. If that buy rate was good, that would be pinned on so many Twitter pages, even right now. I don't recall them ever posting this. So the fact that they never showed the buy rate last time, and you think 10% is the high end under normal circumstances, what do you think the percentage of fans buying at this time will be? 5%? 6%? So you're averaging... 700,000 viewers. We'll be generous. We'll see 700,000. That's only about a 40,000 pay-per-view buy rate. And they're losing money right now because of what's going on. That's why you see every fucking person have a shirt, which I don't blame. I saw people getting triggered because Aubrey Edwards has a shirt. So fucking what? So what? I have shirts. Every podcast has shirts out there. Referees got a shirt. Big deal. Maybe some women actually like Aubrey Edwards and would wear her shirt. I have no problem with that. But now they're selling sneakers. 
The Matt Hardy sneakers look pretty cool. The Darby Allen sneakers look pretty cool as well. They got posters. They got so many different things. They're trying to get money anywhere they can. But you go back to the buy rate. I can't see how this pay-per-view does more than 50, 60,000 pay-per-view buys, even if Tyson is on there or not. Everybody knows Tyson is not having a match because Tyson is training to possibly, you know, do some more boxing, offering him big-time money for this. So you look at the card, Moxley versus Brody Lee for the AEW title. I don't think Moxley loses the belt this soon. If anything, Moxley is one of the few that diehard AEW fans still really, they don't criticize him. He is very beloved right now. He just did an interview and he praised WrestleMania for both nights. The guy actually comes off as a regular, down-to-earth, likable guy. That you, Out of the entire AEW roster, if I said to you right now, you could have a beer with anybody on the roster, something tells me, Jericho and Moxley would be one, two. Cody, if you want to, yeah, maybe one, two, three, somewhere around there. So Moxley, I just, and I'm not doing predictions now, but I'm just saying why I don't think this is worth 50 bucks. Moxley versus Bro- Brody Lee smells like fuckery. Smells like Brody Lee when he's about to lose the, the you know the Creepers, if they even call him that anymore. They'll probably cause a DQ or something like that. And that's how it ends. Cody versus Lance Archer for the finals for the TNT tournament. I, So far, my predictions for the whole tournament have been 100%. You know, Lance Archer, you know, I just can't, like, Tyson's going to hand the belt to the winner. Tyson giving it to Cody, I don't know if that sounds so, you know, like, special. Uh, Nyla Rose versus Akaro Shida, you know, Cheetah's great. Nyla Rose is still learning. The inner circle, you know, versus the elite and um, Matt Hardy in the stadium stampede, that's probably the match I'm looking forward to the most. The casino ladder match, it feels like everybody who wrestles on AEW every week that doesn't have a match is going to be in there, even though there's only nine people. So far, I think everybody out there could have predicted every person who's in it so far. Cabana, Cassidy, Ray Phoenix, Darby Allin, and there was somebody else today announced. MJF versus Jungle Boy. You know, I think they're going to announce Luchasaurus versus Wardlow. And then you have the pre-show match. Private Party versus Best Friends to become number one contenders for the AEW tag titles. Honestly, does anybody in their right mind think that Private Party or Best Friends should be number one contenders right now? So I don't know if it's worth 50 bucks, in my opinion. I per- see, I go with what I have said before. I opened my business in 1999. And I was trying to get as many people to switch over to me as possible. And there was a broker that was in my neighborhood. He was cocksucker. He was an asshole. I wanted to take his business. So what I told people out there is if you switch your policy to my office, I don't charge a broker's fee. He was charging, I think, $50 broker's fees at the time. You'd be surprised how many people, if you have two brokers writing with the same company, one charges a $50 fee 
just to service you, and the other one charges nothing. You'd be surprised how many people will switch to the person who charges nothing. So I used to advertise a big sign in my window that said, no broker's fees, transfer your policy. I even early on tried to do a gimmick thing where I was giving away scratch-off tickets, and I almost got fined $10,000 from New York State because of it, because there's a law, and, and not, I'm not trying to be boring, but I'll explain this. If anybody out there, if you're a little older, or if you ever remember your parents getting car insurance, how many of you out there like went to a broker or your parents went to a broker and they get a calendar, they get a magnet, they get a pen. Oh my God, look at a cute pen that my broker gave me. You would get these things, these gifts, and you'd be like, the fuck am I gonna do with this little paper calendar? You know, you get a calendar with cars on it or something, or trees. You'd be like, I would have rather you giving me nothing. What am I going to do with this crap? The reason why is because in New York, there's a law that at that time, you could only give someone something up to $5 in value in exchange for getting their policy. Like, I couldn't turn around and say to someone, hey, switch over to me. Hey, I'll give you some tickets to go see the Knicks or the Mets, or the Yankees. You can't do that. You get fined for that. So you're only allowed to give away something worth up to $5. That's why you would get a, a goofy, dumb calendar, or a pen, or a magnet. And you'd be like, this cheap motherfucker, I just set up all my insurance on me, he gives me a magnet. What am I going to do with this? And you chuck it across the room, hit somebody in the head with it. So when I opened up, and I said that, oh, you can only give something worth five bucks, I got creative. I went to the candy store and I said, give me a hundred $5 scratch off tickets. So I used to advertise in my local newspaper, call me up for a quote. Even if you don't write with me, I give you a $5 scratch off ticket just for the privilege of giving you a quote. And I started giving out these scratch off tickets and I got a couple of customers that way. And then New York state calls me up and they want to see me in person. I go down there and they said, you know, what are you doing with these scratch-off tickets? And I thought it was a wonderful idea. And I'm sitting in the room and I'm like, well, you know, you're only allowed to give up to $5 in value. And, you know, I didn't want to give people just a pen or a calendar. So I figured, hey, scratch-off ticket, you never know. It's free ticket, $5. And they said to me, you can't do that. And I said, why can't I do that? And they said, because the ticket could be worth up to a million. I said, what does that mean? And they said that somebody... If they scratch it off and win 50 bucks, that ticket is no longer worth $5. It's worth 50. So I realized, okay, I can't do that anymore. So I put a sign in the window instead, no broker's fees. Transfer your policy over to me. Whatever your broker charge you, you don't have to charge it. Now, you may say to me right now, you know, DT, you're an idiot. Because if you're not charging broker's fees, how are you going to make money? Well, the insurance company still pays me the commission for doing a policy. So I may not get the broker's fee from the customer, but I get paid from the insurance company. Just by doing that, I had all these people switching over to me. Now, I use the same logic with AEW. You charge $50, prime money, where you're doing empty arenas. And don't get me wrong, this pay-per-view will probably be a lot of fun. Just like I thought Money in the Bank those, the, I really thought the ladder matches were going to be very good, and they were, I think, beyond that, what anybody expected. 
Um, but AEW, you're charging prime money where the last buy rate under normal circumstances was so low, nobody would tell anybody. I don't recall Meltzer or anybody else telling us what the buy rate was. You know, if it was great, you want to brag it in front. I mean, they, they would tell it all the time. So if the buy rate was not good at that time and now you're under these circumstances and you're still charging $50, I fear that buy rate is going to be piss poor pathetic. But if you use the logic, all right, you know what? Instead of charging $50, we'll charge $29.99, $34.95 at the most. Now, some business people or Shad, and I don't mean Gaspard, would, have, would, would say, are you crazy? We need to make as much money as possible. We need to charge 50. You turn around and you say, well, what, what would you rather have? 30,000 people pay 50 bucks or 75,000 people pay 29.99. When you start adding it up, sometimes you drop the price a little bit, you get more people to come in. That's what my father used to do with his grocery store. Sometimes he would put something on sale extremely cheap. You know, he learned his lesson. He realized some things you put on sale and some things you don't. One time he put chicken cutlets on sale for like $1.99 a pound. And you had to see. The line was like all on the side of the building. People were buying like six, seven pounds of chicken cutlets. And, you know, we always cut them fresh. And cutting chicken cutlets takes some time. So he learned his lesson. And he's like, all right, you know, I'll put milk on sale instead. Because milk, you just pull it, you pay for it, and you leave. But he would always take one or two items, put the price really, really low to get you in the store. And then hopefully you didn't come in just for those two things. And you see how other stores do it. They'll say, oh, you can buy a dozen eggs for 50 cents, $10 minimum purchase. So you had to spend $10 in order to get the free thing. So I honestly think if AEW would have dropped that pay-per-view price a little bit, they make more money. As crazy as that sounds, I think they would make them more money. Just like the t-shirts. You see some of these people out there trying to sell their t-shirts for $39. Who the hell is going to pay $39 for a t-shirt? But hey, if it's $19.99 or $24.99, you know, what would you rather get? 50 people to spend 25 or five to spend 40 you know? So I think in the end, they can make a lot of money that way. I'm sorry, you know, I, I see the chat room. Everybody loves com combo like this. You know, the funny thing about it is, you know, I know sometimes I brag just to trigger haters, but what I'm saying is not, you know, ridiculously stupid. I think a lot of you out there would have thought the very same thing. I don't know why in this day and age, it's so difficult to figure out. Even with the pandemic stuff of what I tweeted early this week, and we talked about it on Wednesday, you know, you all see what's going on. Now the paranoia is, oh, how you get to open the schools? What happens if kids bring home the virus to their parents? You notice how nobody ever brings up, well, what are you going to do about the parents that refuse to give their kids the vaccine because they're afraid it's going to give them autism? You're going to bring your kid back to school and a third of that class could be kids that never got the vaccine done because their parents don't believe in that. How do you how do you handle that? You think of things like this, nobody brings it up. 
That's why, honestly, when the other day I said, you got to stay away from this crap, and it's not just goofy podcasters or stuff on social media. I don't even watch Trump on TV no more because I see a lot of this stuff going on, and a lot of it is politics, man. You know, you see that they're saying that we're going to get a vaccine by January. Mark, mark, mark my fucking words. Remember this. That vaccine will become available before November because, and I'm not defending Trump right now. I'm just telling you my opinion. That guy always likes to give the impression that he got things done quicker than usual and on the budget. That's what he used to do here in New York. He would build a piece of property. Oh, we got it done a month early and we saved a million dollars too. So they use the January date so everybody gets stuck on the January date. Election is in November. You don't think this guy, Project you know, Rapid Fire, whatever that crap is right now, the whole idea is, is that when they announce that that vaccine's going to be ready in October, then you're going to see... Trump saying, oh, my God, see, I pushed and I pushed and I pushed and we didn't have to wait to January. Now you could get in October. And why? So everybody could be like, you know, I like Biden more. This guy, you know, I can't stand him, but you know what? He got this and he got this, he got this. It's all about politics. Like I said, I opened this show talking about New York State. I am so pissed off that I did not post the picture here. But when you see what part of New York they opened up today, and then you realize it's the middle. There are towns on the left, towns on the right, might have done that reverse, that also have no COVID deaths at all. But the reason why they didn't open those two areas is because if you're like me that lives in Queens, and this area is open, shit, if I want to go to a restaurant, I have to drive five hours to get there. But wait a minute. There's a couple of towns only an hour and a half from my house that have no COVID deaths. So they don't want someone to possibly drive just here and stop and go for dinner or go somewhere. So it's either all the way here or nothing at all. It's all politics, man. And it sucks. It sucks. So look, if I can be of some knowledge for a few things and it rubs off, absolutely, man. That's what I'm here for. And I'll always be here for everybody out there. So, um, ah, okay. Wanted to show this to you. Uh, Eric Rowan, I think some of you out there may have been a little bit curious uh, what he is going to call himself or what he is going to do as far as merchandise. Uh, he opened up a T-shirt store on Pro Wrestling Tees. And this is what his shirts look like. He is calling himself Eric Redbeard. Now, you know, look, I'm Italian and I live in an area where there's a lot of uh, former gangsters used to be alive, some gangsters still. And people have some wild nicknames, you know, Frankie Knuckles. Uh, oh, Frankie Knuckles was a famous DJ. Um, we had Frank Fuge. We had uh, Joey. Uh, oh, I can't say some of these names, but you'd you'd have some you know funny names like uh, Tom Tommy Salami. 
you know, you but usually the nicknames had to do with something that they did. You know, like if you look at Goodfellas and they talk about Tommy two time, because everything you would say, you would say twice. That's why I was joking Wednesday when I was saying, I'm going to go get the papers, the papers. What am I going to do with coats, coats? So, you know, they would call him Tommy two time. Eric Redbeard sounds like a goofy name that you would give someone who's like affiliated with some mob, but who is a lackey. Eric Redbeard. I don't know why you would come up with something like that. I mean, the design in the middle looks pretty cool with the skull. And on the left, uh, recycled and it's spider, brother, firefly, genius. I guess that's his gimmicks. And on the right, Redbeard lives. I just, I don't know, man. I looked at that and I was like, you got released a month ago. I'm sure over the last couple of years, he might have feared being released at some point. The minute they proposed a fucking spider, whatever that shit was, you know, something tells me that he kind of subconsciously prepared himself for years. After all of this time, you come up with Eric Redbeard? I don't... Could you picture even an indie event? You know, coming down to the aisle weighing 336 pounds, Eric Redbeard. That's something like I would have named my ex-girlfriend because of a hairy snatch. I would have called her like, you know, like, uh, you know... Bertha Bush, you know, like, just like, what the, f what is that? Eric Redbeard. I don't know, man. I, I, you know, maybe you're right, Darren. Maybe, maybe somebody came up with that. Maybe somebody won a contest. I just, I, I wonder if Pro Wrestling Tees came up with that. Hey, I, I need a good name. All right. So, you know, you got a beard and it's red. Your first name is Eric, so we'll call you Eric Redbeard. I don't even think his first name is Eric. Like, you go from Eric Rowan to Eric Redbeard. I don't know, man. That kind of, like, feels like it goes... It feels like it should be the opposite. You go from Eric Redbeard, and then you get released from WWE, and then maybe you go by your real name, even though it's not Eric Rowan. But you go from Eric Redbeard to Eric... Eric Rowan to Eric Redbeard. Ivana Humpelot. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, but, um, yeah, so I, that's that's as much. Look, the shirts look all right, but, man, I mean, you see EC3? That guy reinvented himself. I already got one of his new shirts. You know, he the, the narrative and all this other essential thing. That guy totally reinvented himself in, like, three days. This guy sat at home. Probably looked at the fucking mask that we showed the other day. Remember that artist that made his mask for like WrestleMania 32? What did he do? Just sit on social media? He can't be like one of these goofs that for the last two, three months, all they did was tweet. I mean, you would think in the middle of a pandemic and being out of work, you'd think that some people out there would have possibly learned a new trade or maybe worked part-time doing something. Maybe, you know, did something... And you know that some people, all they have been doing for three months is tweet, eat, sleep. It's like a bad Brock Lesnar shirt. Eat, sleep, tweet, repeat. 
eat, sleep, tweet, repeat. How does that pay the bills? So did this guy just sit home for a month? Eat, shit, sulk, you know, repeat? Uh, how do you come up with Eric Redbeard? Oh, I don't know, man. Eric the actor. So anyway, everybody, I think we're going to start wrapping this up. I didn't realize we already went two hours, 46 minutes. Talk about having nothing to talk about. Um, yeah, eat, sleep, tweet, repeat. Seriously, somebody should come out with a shirt with that. There are people on social media. I hate to say it, man, but there's some people on social media. They, they don't want it enough. Seriously. You want it bad enough? You go out and do something right now. That's why, go on my Twitter, at DonTonyD. Earlier today, for some reason, I got it stuck in my head. I was in the grocery store earlier today. And, um, you know, they play like a lot of like 80s and 90s songs. And they got that one song that back in the day, I, I swear to God, if I, maybe I would have just hit him like Cody Rhodes did with the barricade the other day. Like, just, like, tap him but not, hit, like, hurt him. Like, just to piss him off. But whoever that guy was that sung that song, Just Got Paid, Just Got Paid, Friday Night, I hated that song. And I would hear it, like, every 15 minutes. Just Got Paid, Friday Night. So today it was on the radio, and I kept thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. And I was like, you know what? Shout out to everybody tuning in right now that has, in the last two-plus months, taken this chicken shit, which is life, and tried to turn it into chicken salad as much as possible. Some of you out there that lo lost your jobs or cannot work at all and have found other ways of working. John Krauser, I don't like to individually single people out. That guy was on his way to becoming a major star comedian for Second City in Chicago. Look up that comedy club. Very famous people have come out of that comedy club from Belushi to Candy across the board. And he lost his job. And it doesn't seem like he's going to be doing any stand-up comedy for the rest of the year. He's delivering pizzas. He's doing Grubhub. He's doing Domino's. I had two of you today telling me one guy got a job at Walmart, another one is pumping gas. You know, so I shout out to everybody out there, even OnlyFans. I have nothing against OnlyFans accounts. I'm not a subscriber to any. If my girlfriend, if my fiance opened up an Only OnlyFans, I don't mean this literally by break her fucking legs, kick her out in the middle of the street, go fucking Del Rio style. You know, just instead of throwing a kid in the middle of the street because you don't have none, throw a cat, her dogs in the middle of the street. You know, but I know there's a lot of women out there, especially that are setting up OnlyFans accounts. So whether you do extra podcasts or you're doing OnlyFans, you pump gas, you deliver pizzas, you work in a in a a, a, a bank, a, a medical assistant, I just gave a shout out to everybody out there that are trying to you know make something out of this. You know how many people liked that tweet and I don't tweet for likes but just to show you what I mean when I say you give a shout out for positive things the kind of reaction as of two plus hours ago when I went live one person one person out of why because there are so many people 
for the last two months that have that eat, sleep, tweet, repeat, and have done nothing else. Yet, you know, they complain and they got no money. So, you know, they don't want it bad enough. But um, that's why Sonny, man, Sonny's in her 40s now. Sonny is getting up there in age. She's not 1995 Sonny anymore. And she has like 2,000 subscribers on OnlyFans. And I don't remember what newspaper it was today. Maybe one of you out there saw it. You can tell me right now. But they actually wrote a news article today about Sonny making six digits on OnlyFans. And I'm like, that is not a major news story that should be in a newspaper. That is some someone who is still attractive in a lot of people's eyes. That is a, a famous person. She's out of jail. She's taken her you know, life, and she's making money by doing the OnlyFans stuff. You know, it is X-rated, and it is nudity, but man, you know, I see this hatred and this anger, this hostility on social media towards her because she's got an OnlyFans account. I mean, she's in her 40s, maybe get Toronto Sun. Thank you, franchise. The Toronto Sun. I could see if it was from Hannenberg, New Jersey. You know, where like the next town from where she lives. But the Toronto fucking Sun put this as like a like a, a big story. That's not a that's not a story that should be in a newspaper. I mean, look, it gives them more publicity, obviously. You know, it's like what Shane Douglas told me a long time ago that always stuck with me. Talk good about me, talk bad about me, just talk about me. So trust me, her, her being featured in the Toronto Sun will help her. But it just amazes me the hostility online because she does this. She's not committing any crimes. I know there's a lot of other women that are doing this as well. Not even every woman is doing nudity. But if you could make some money the honest way, you know, which is, you know, not breaking the law, I give everybody credit out there, seriously. She's 47 years old. I don't know why, you know, people, you know, she's 47. She looks 47. She actually, her body is in much better shape than it, what it was, you know, a couple of years ago. I mean, prison could do that to you. You know, you have so much time, you know, you, you kind of like get into the routine. When I went into the Navy back in the day, I was only in boot camp and I was home in three or four months. But I found myself skipping meals and doing sit-ups in my bed and just, you know, did that the past time. And when I came back, I was like 60 or 70 pounds lighter in three months. So, you know, but even with her body, as nice as it looks right now, she's 47. And I don't know why some, some people out there, like, make fun of her. And I, and I, the only thing I could come up with is, is that, you know, when they turn 47, they probably realize that, you know, she's got only fans. Those people have only one, and that is subscribers. They'll go to onlyone.com because there's only one person that would probably subscribe to them, and that's probably themselves. 
you know, I'm sure we all that have YouTube accounts, we probably tried to subscribe to our own account so we get one extra subscriber on there. But YouTube is smart. YouTube's like you can't subscribe to yourself. But seriously, she's on OnlyFans, and these goofs would go on OnlyOne.com. They get only one thing, you know. She's killing it with money. And there's a lot of other you, a lot of you out there that are killing it in a lot of different ways. And I give you much props for it. And stay strong, seriously. Um, I honestly think the worst is over. Ignore the press, man, because they're looking for red meat, and it's all politics. You will see them find any areas in the country, especially party areas, New Orleans, South Beach. Areas like that where you get young, naive, dopey, stupid partiers that don't even know, like, who Mike Pence is. You know, I, I, I never forget when Obama was in office. I remember what show it was, but they were in the city and they were putting up pictures of people. And they put up a picture of Joe Biden and, like, 90% of the young people had no idea who he was. And they were all supporters of Obama. So... You see the news media that's looking for all the party areas. And it, it almost feels like that they're hoping that there's big outbreaks. So they could blame it on Trump or whoever else saying, you see, you see, you let people back too early and look what happened. Wait till the schools. When there's an outbreak in the school, you see, you may, told everybody had to go back to school early. But meanwhile you realize that a lot of that is because the parents would not vaccinate their kids. So it's fucked up, man. It's fucked up. Just be careful. You know, somebody pissed me off on Twitter, I think yesterday. They tried to twist my words from Wednesday. You know, you go out no matter where you live, you know, if you can wear a mask, be careful of your surroundings. You know, don't, get in any strangers' faces that you don't know. If you happen to be in an area and somebody sneezes or starts coughing, get the fuck out of there as quick as possible. If you have hand sanitizer, leave it in the car. Even if you go into the store to buy a dozen eggs or a gallon of milk, you know, you don't know who else has touched the milk. You don't know who's touched the bags. You put the bag in your car and then you do a little sanitizer on your hands and you drive away. You know, you be careful, and honestly, you know, you you look at stuff like that. If you wear a mask, you keep your distance, you keep hand sanitizer, you clean yourself, you try not to do what I've been doing during the show and rub your face, you know, the chances of you getting it is slim to none, you know. You go into a fucking party, you know, with a whole bunch of partiers, and it's all, I don't care how hot the guys or the girls look, you go into a fucking, now the summer's coming and Memorial Day, you start partying and just like that party that went on in Chicago like a week or two ago, that all those young people were in that basement and it was like 50 people. And all, you know, if, if an outbreak happens in there, there's nobody to blame but those people there. Because after everything that went on, and that's unfortunately no way to stop that. Unless you start fining people crazy amounts of money for not wearing a mask or this and that. And you can't force people to wear a mask for the next five years. But you yourselves, don't find it disrespectful if you wear a mask. 
I spray my office with Lysol every time a customer leaves. I, I started using something else. I can't remember the name. It's inside. But the other day, I sprayed Lysol after a customer left. And the customer walked back in my office because he forgot something. I swear on my mother. He walked back in the office and he did this. He went, he's like, what do you, what do you think? I got germs? What do you think? I got the virus? Why, do you spray, why did you spray it as soon as I left? And I said, because I, I do that with everybody. You know, just from breathing. I, and he's like, I'm not fucking sick. The guy got offended because as soon as he left, I sprayed the office like he was toxic. And I tried to say to him very nicely. I was like, look, I said, you know, I, I don't think you're sick either. But when people leave the office, I wipe down the chair and I spray the office with Lysol just to play it safe. I've gotten bad headaches from smelling Lysol all day long. But honestly, you want to see my mask? I, my mask are inside. But I posted Twitter, Twitter videos of me wearing a mask. I, I have KN95. Not N95. Those are the really expensive masks. I have what's called KN95. A lot of drugstores sell them. They usually sell them about four bucks a piece. They are uh, they're disposable, but you can reuse them. I usually use one a week, but what I do is I wear it during the day, and then when I go home, I spray it with. Uh, the Clorox hand sanitizer I have because it has a little bit of aloe in it and I let it air dry overnight. And then the next day I put it back on and you really don't smell like any chemicals from it. But I sanitize the mask and I use it, use one a week. They cost about four bucks a piece. But you got to be very careful because there's a lot of fakes online. Be very careful on Amazon and eBay. The latest fraud now on eBay, you got to be careful because one of my customers fell for it, man. A lot of people watching this will agree with me. A lot of people out there don't want to buy anything from China right now. China! Especially masks. So you have some people on eBay that will be selling masks and it says U.S. seller. And if it's somebody who's has an eBay account for years and years and years, you can trust them. But what's happening is, is that all, new eBay accounts are popping up everywhere because everybody sees money in this. Oh my God, all I got to do is sew a little bit and I can make $10 a mask. So you're getting all of these people now that are advertising U.S. seller, buy American, buy American, buy U.S., buy U.S. And there's one scumbag on eBay, because a customer came to me, he's like, how do I address this? He went on eBay, and he was looking for the cloth masks, but he wanted the ones where you could put the filter inside, you know, those charcoal filters, I guess, because he's an old man, so his breath probably smells like, you know, like worse than like unshowered snatch for a month. He smells like dead fish that it's like left in your trunk. I did that once. God honest truth. Uh, about 20 years ago, I borrowed my friend's car. Me and my friend, Kenny, we went fishing in Hempstead Lake. And we bought night crawlers and little, like, minnows that we were going to go fishing with, freshwater. So we used my friend's caddy and an old beat-up caddy. And we went fishing for the day. I didn't have a car at the time. And about a week later, he calls me up. He's like, you owe me fucking $50, motherfucker. You're fucked up. And I'm like, what did I do? He's like... Why don't you come by my house and I'll fucking show you. 
And I'm like, Billy, what did I do? He's like, just come over. I come over. I'm like, Billy, what's wrong? He takes his trunk. He, he opens up the trunk. And he look, I look inside the trunk, and there's, like, worms everywhere. What happened was we went fishing, and I had some night crawlers and some minnows left over, and I forgot to dump them in, in the lake. You know, when you have bait left over and you're done fishing, we usually just put it in the lake, let the fish eat it, and that's it. I left it in his trunk by accident, and it sat in the trunk for a whole week in the summertime. And that shit baked and baked and baked. And the next thing you know, it's, there was worms everywhere. It was like dead. It was dead fish. And I, this guy, his breath probably smells like that. So anyway, he sees on eBay one guy claiming that he's selling this stuff from somewhere in Texas. So he buys like four cloth masks. He buys 40 of these disposable filters, spends like $100. And the shipping said three to five business days. He ordered this the first week in April. We're now the second week in May. So a couple of days ago, he says to me, he goes, could you help me with something? And he told me what happened. He still didn't get the stuff. So I pull up the tracking information because, you know, he didn't know what to do. And we look at it, and it's something like Jet Commerce something. I never heard of the shipping company before. It ends up that the guy doesn't live in Texas. But what's happening is people are using addresses that you can buy from like UPS or something. You could buy like a, like a, a lot of people may not even know this, but you could go on UPS's website and buy a physical address. You want an address in New York? You could go to these lock boxes and buy an address and you could actually have mail sent to that address. So what this fucking guy did, this is some Chinaman. This is some idiot from China. He set up an address in Texas. So everybody thinks that the stuff is being shipped through Texas. So everybody's paying extra money because they think they're getting it from the USA and they're going to get it quicker. And the next thing you know, this guy's getting everybody's PayPal's and the guy lives in China and the stuff is coming from China. And this guy's waiting now for five weeks about and he still hasn't received it. That is the new fraud that nobody wants to talk about in the news world. There are tons of Amazon accounts and eBay accounts of people that are in China that are pretending to be in the United States. Amazon, it's much easier to tell because if you go on Amazon right now and look up masks, look at the name of the seller. And the seller might have like some weird name like Redbeard. And you when you hover over it, it's a Chinese name. And that's what they're doing. Um, now, Bruno, of course, it's been going on forever. But they're focusing now on all the PPE and the safety equipment stuff. And that is scary because people are spending this money thinking they're buying something from the United States. And in actuality, these people are in China. Now, don't get me wrong. And I'm sorry for constantly rubbing my nose. I'm a little, it's a little scratchy tonight. You know what it is? It's because of this fucking thing. I got to shut this thing off. But, but you know what it is? There's some people also that live in the United States. And what they're doing is they're in the United States. And then they know that they have some place that's selling it from China for a lot cheaper. So they'll put down seven to 10 business days. You pay them 
and you think it's being shipped from there, but in actuality, either they're ordering it from China, shipping it to them, and then they ship it to us, or what they're doing is having it drop ship from China. So early on when I bought the blue masks, I have a box inside. I ordered it from some somebody in Florida. I got it. It's all written in all Chinese. There's nothing on the thing that, that was written in English. Not nothing. And it ended up, this person, yeah, somebody saying my nose is red. You know what it is? I have that air blowing in my face. And I was, you know, you know what it is too? I went to a barbecue tonight. And, you know, we had steak and burgers and frankfurters and the charcoal smoke. The just the smoke was just going everywhere. So I think I got probably like some of this. I washed my face before, but I think I got some of the smoke like right here. So I don't have Corona. So I got tested last week. But anyway, everybody, it's getting late over here. Um, I honestly didn't even think we were going to be able to squeeze two hours in here. And we ended up uh, going over three. So I am going to jet. And uh, let me make sure before I leave, I did not leave uh, anybody. Oh, you know, I did leave one super chat out and I would never leave anybody out. Dalvin, uh, go, we're going to end like this. Spend a month with Brad Shepard, Mike Johnson, and Lick and Spam or... Uh, Lick and Sp oh, David Bixenspan, yeah. So spend a month with Brad Shepard, Mike Johnson, and David Bixenspan, or watch every Iconics match from the indie days for, to now for a year. I have to pick one. You know why I would watch the, the Iconics matches? Because I don't know if the Iconics ever wrestled a match. I, know, I don't recall them ever wrestling like long matches. So I could deal with them coming out, wiggling their ass and uh, showing their excessive amounts of makeup, having a match for about two, two minutes long. I lower the volume. So, you know, that, that especially the, the, the other one, not Peyton Royce, the, the other Matarats, she could scream and I'm watching on TV and all I would, all I would hear is, seriously. So I would just lower the volume. You know, they're not you know, bad to look at. They're attractive. I would just, you know, I, I've watched their matches for a year. So um, as long as it's the last 12 months, because they've wrestled almost nothing over the last 12 months, how many matches did they have? Uh, 20? Seriously, man. But uh, everybody, before you go, if you enjoyed this episode, I appreciate if you could hit the like button. I, I know it might sound a little annoying, God bless JD and Jason Solomonster and everybody else that, you know, has a big following because those motherfuckers, I don't know what they do. I don't know if they keep their fans hostage. You know, I'm not talking anymore until there's 300 likes on my page. Eh, I don't think they do that, but I look on their video, you know, and look, let's be honest. One of them has over 100,000 subscribers. I'm at 11. So I got a long ways to go. Jason has like 60,000. God bless him. So they have a much bigger audience than yours truly. But Mingya, I go on JD's page and I see 800 likes in two hours. And I know he's not paying some Japanese company to put fake likes on it. Those are everybody doing that. And I'm like, man, that that's I, I, that's impressive, man, to, to, to have 
that kind of loyalty of doing that. And I'm not saying you guys aren't loyal, but you know, to see that kind of response from everyone, that's awesome, man. And shout out to Gamers Block. Shout out to you, my friend. And shout out to everybody. I really appreciate the support. Never in a million years did I ever expect to have this kind of an audience in such a small amount of time. And keep in mind this. This is something a lot of people don't think about for, for real. And I'm sorry about this tonight. I'm embarrassed with that. Uh, it's definitely charcoal nose. I got charcoal nose tonight. I'm feeling it more now. Um, I still put up audio versions of all of my shows. And the reason why I still do that is because not everybody has the data capability of watching videos. Video eats up data. Now, if you're if you're on Wi-Fi, then it's no problem. Not everybody's in that situation. Not everybody has, you know, the 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 you know, the pleasure of seeing video. Not everybody wants video. I'm a video guy, and that's not going to change. But I always put audio versions also for anybody that wants. Plus, the files are smaller. And because Libsyn, my company, that, you know, they have really been very loyal to me for over a decade. That is the same company MLW just signed up with. Libsyn is an awesome company. If anybody out there ever wants a podcast company to host their shows, you let me know. I'll definitely talk to Libsyn. they hook you up. They're really fucking good. So I have this loyalty to them that I don't want to break. And they don't do video. They only do audio. So when you realize that even on Stitcher and others, and if I spent the time and built up other areas, like I'm trying to think of some of the other ones, Spreaker or TuneIn Radio, if I spent time and energy plug in those areas, we'd be at the top of the list too. I don't really plug a lot of other hosting sites, but my point is, is that not only did my YouTube family grow huge in less than four months, but the audio side of this is still at that top. I mean, the audio downloads every month is only about maybe... A thousand or two thousand different than what it was before. So when you realize that it's not just the YouTube audience, but it's the audio side as well, a lot more people tuning in than before. And I appreciate it and I thank you very much. And you know anyone out there that, you know, may like the shows, you know, definitely let them know. Um, if they don't like it, you know, I apologize in advance. And, you know, keep sending your feedback. You know, follow me on Twitter at DonTonyD. You could email me, DonTony at DonTony.com. Um, hopefully next week or the week after at the latest, we'll start taking calls. I just have to figure out if I'm going to do Google, Google Hangouts and do that 225DonTony number or do Discord. I, I really don't want to use discord only because it ties up everything. Um, and I don't have someone to screen the calls. You know, it's a lot easier when you have discord and you have someone who, um, screens the calls and then puts them in another chat room or another channel. And they just sit, stand, sit there and wait until I actually re pull them up and do it that way. But, um, I definitely, I know pluck, Look, I know. I don't know what it is, man. All of a sudden, 
But um, but I would prefer to do the 225 Don Tony number. I just got to figure out, do I do it through Google Hangouts or I do it through another means because uh, I don't have a screener. And, um, you know, I, I didn't want to do caller ID stuff either because I don't need to know anybody's, you know, names or anything like that. I know a lot of you want to keep your names anonymous, but I got to do some type of format because I start getting trolls. You block the number once and they're gone for good. So I got to just iron things out. I'm going to be talking to a couple of fellow podcasters out there that do take calls and they're going to give me some input as well. And we'll figure it out. But uh, definitely looking forward to chatting with some of you on the shows. Um, ultimately, I'm going to do a separate episode that'll be nothing but Q&A. So uh, that will be announced in the very near future. But uh, yeah, you know, it might have to do with the glasses too. It's weird. Like all of a sudden, like it almost feels like I got like, like something on my nose. I don't know what it is. I mean, it's got to be the charcoal stuff because the charcoal was just blasting in my face before. But to be honest with you, when you're stuck with this crap for two months, even though I've been working, um, to be around friends and to have 75 degree weather, and steaks on the barbecue, and, you know, you have that heat and the charcoal just blasting in your face. For some reason, I kind of enjoyed it. You know, it almost was like like perfume or cologne. You have some really, I enjoyed it today. But I enjoyed this as well. Much love as always. If you're around Sunday and uh, you're on our Patreon, or if you want to sign up, patreon.com slash Tony. Mish and I will be doing an episode of Breakfast Soup, and we always go, you know, two to three hours per episode. So we will be online Sunday. Uh, for our VIPers, I will put up the thread Saturday afternoon so you could send in questions. And uh, I did PM everyone the winner of the predictions contest, Money in the Bank. I don't have it in front of me right now, but I promised everyone that I would mention them on Monday. So I'll shout... Uh, that winner out on Sunday and on Monday. So everyone, be well. Thank you as always for the support. Much love. And uh, keep sending the feedback. You know, any ideas, suggestions, anything you think I should tweak, add, you know, let me know. It is always welcomed and appreciated. So be well, everybody. Much love. i talk to you soon. Ciao. Son, oh my. It was fun to channel surf. It was kind of hard to do a little pocket pool after you hit the last channel button 50 times for two hours plus. Son, oh my. And his whole idea of overanalyzing, oh, he's an alcoholic and he misplaced the belt. And how could you have someone champion like that? Get the fuck out of here. Wednesday night. Don, oh my. You can have fun. You really are. <laughs> I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I could learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice, my Medicare, myhealthpolicy.com. I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found myhealthpolicy.com. 
With MyHealthPolicy.com, I can go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I can learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice. My Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com. 